0: Hello
1: and welcome to episode 83 of Connectivity. I'm Scott Thompson. have got three segments for you this week. Uh, kicking things off, we have Don, Carmine, and Aaron talking about all the great uh, upcoming 3DS games they got a chance to play. Including A Link to the Past 2, Mario and Luigi Dream Team, and Donkey Kong Country Returns 3D. So that is very good stuff. After that, we have a news recap as well as some virtual console impressions with myself, Zach, Tyler, and Danny. And then after the outro, we have a bonus segment all about the first half of this season of Doctor Who. That's with myself, Patrick, and special guest, Amanda Albert. Enjoy.
2: Hello, everyone. Um I'm Dan Koopman, and today, with me, I have Carmine Red. I got to play Zelda! Yeah! <laughs> and, uh, yeah. I didn't know where to go with that one. And,
3: uh, Aaron. Uh, hi, I, uh, played Zelda too.
2: You played S- Zelda Link to the Past 2. Yeah, that's correct. You didn't play Zelda 2 recently, didn't you?
3: No, um, not for the past few months.
2: Good, good. I, I was a bit uh, curious there. Um...
3: Zelda 3 2? I don't know.
2: <laughs> I don't know. So, um, we've come here together to talk about, um, uh, the 3D's... Is- for the showcase events, which were in Europe and America recently. I think you guys were directly after the direct? Uh yes. yes. Yeah. I had to wait for an additional week, so that was fun. Um for all things considered for by European standards, that's actually pretty quick.
4: I'm I. I think it sounds like you guys you had to wait that additional week, but I think we had sort of had similar games to try out. Dan, you got to play Zelda too, right?
2: Yeah, I got okay, played Zelda go. uh, yesterday at a time of recording, which was on Thursday. So I've spent like three or four hours into a Nintendo's Ben Lux office, which is where they do all operations for like Netherlands and Belgium. And uh, they had this whole like room set up where they usually just gather to uh, talk business and we used that room to just play 3DS games.
3: Hmm. Yeah, it was a little bit different in the U.S. They uh, actually rented out basically a floor in a hotel room in San Francisco. Um, and then there was a room where they had all the games uh, and then they brought all the press. And there, there's a lot of uh, the American press um, is located in San Francisco or around the area. So it makes it fairly convenient. Um, and so that's where they went for that.
4: Yeah, and they, uh, they actually, I think they also needed a slightly different venue because they had, uh, right before they let us all in to play the games, they had a little, you know, bit of a presentation to talk about the eShop sales figures and stuff. And Bill Shannon was up there, uh, introducing, uh, uh, some of the games we'd be playing later, you know, sort of prefacing things. So it was usually, usually what they have in San Francisco is like single game go down to,
2: the PR offices, but this was this was a bigger event. I see. Um, usually, you just go into to the office usually as well, but it never changes. As always, just go to their office.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> um, instead of except for launch events, but they, that's a whole other story. They do weird stuff for launch events here. Um, so, what's the first game you kind of want to discuss? We we brought up Zelda, Should we discuss Zelda first.
3: It's probably what people want to hear. Possibly.
2: Um, so, in Japan, it's almost literally called... It, it's it's something among those lines. Link to the past too. But in Europe and America, it, it's just called a new Legend of Zelda game. Uh, but set in the world of a link to the past.
4: Yeah, I mean, is. if you look at the title screen, it doesn't even say new. It just says the Legend of Zelda. You know, it's like yeah, a completely like, general yeah. thing. Have they... In Japan, have they specifically actually said Link to the Past 2? Or is that just another... Like, we could call it that here too, but Nintendo of America has not used that to describe it.
2: No, it hasn't... Europe hasn't done that either. It's It has been a weird thing where Japan has specifically named the game how it is. Um, but it could be like an American thing where, like, it will have a different subtitle and Europe comes along for the ride this time.
3: Yeah, I mean, the the original, I mean, Link to the Past wasn't called A Link to the Past in Japan anyway, you know, it's called yeah, yeah. Triforce of the Gods, so um, I imagine they wouldn't use that title in the US anyway, um, Yeah, and they'd have to figure out some new way of, probably based on the new game mechanic, but maybe not.
2: Um. Bring up the new game mechanic, that's the, the one with the, we're going into the walls basically. Mm. Um. So that's I haven't seen it enough really to give my full judgment on it yet. I, I've seen a taste of it and some some puzzles that we that you kind of introduce yourself to the mechanic. But I'm kind of interested now in how they're gonna expand on that one further.
3: Yeah, I I um I see what you're saying. Like I I think uh so in the demo going back a bit um. It was one dungeon, um, so that there, none of the overworld, nothing, just one dungeon trying to show off uh, basically that it has similarities to A Link to the Past, but also has this new um, like 2D to 3D mechanic, and um, I, I thought uh, what they showed uh, was pretty cool, um, yeah. but yeah, I, I do agree that I'm not sure um, where they will go with it. I think there are a lot of possibilities, but um, it remains to be seen what they'll do.
2: I uh, Personally, what I like the most of, of playing that Zelda demo is the pace to it. I, I, I like how um, more quickly fashioned it was, because personally, um, I'm not the biggest fan of the 3D Zeldas. I like them, but I have to really dedicate some time to it. It was also with the DS games, and I like having the type of experience we saw in that demo. I like to have that sort of stuff on the handheld. Like uh going through quickly through these 2D dungeons, quickly explore puzzles and grab some secrets along the way. Um Yeah, yeah I think I that's I a agree. good point.
4: The well I don't know. It, again it's hard to say based on this demo because I sort of felt like this demo was so out of context that it it might have been thrown together just for this. I don't know if it's actually some uh, dungeon that they have in. It might turn out to be some dungeon they have in development and that they're tweaking, but I would also be, I wouldn't be surprised to find out that this is just a test bed and nothing like this yeah. exists in the
2: real game. They have gone either way in the past, so it's, it's, it's hard to say really at this point in time. Um,
3: yeah, I do agree, like, that the 2D Zelda sort of, you can put together like a more compact, intricate, um, dungeon that sort of, um, Better uses I guess the abilities that link has um, than some of the three d games have uh, and uh, also uses m- several different abilities and not just focuses on one primary thing the whole time um, so that was really nice to see um, in the uh, in the demo you you had like the the hammer and your sword and the bow yep um, and then the 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 uh, the wall two d projection whatever you want to call that. Um, and you had to use uh, almost everything
4: well what did you need to use the bow for i don't really i remember playing with it but i don't think it was necessary yeah, that, actually yeah i
3: don't think that one was necessary
2: not really i i used it to shoot some enemies from a distance to, just to try it out but i didn't i don't believe i used it for anything significant beyond that um i don't, the the hammer mechanic i kind of had to use kind of had used to uh, because it has been a while since I used a mechanic like that. and um, So you have these springs where you go up to different layers, and that's actually a really interesting tweak to 3D, and going up that layer and then seeing a whole new depth to it. And that's something I really liked about it as well.
4: Yeah, I think it's uh, it's ironic, but I came out there thinking that 2D Zelda is the best use of the 3D assets, 3D, you know, uh visuals because you can th- just this demo you can see down to the level below you or the ne- level below that so it's it's somehow really compelling even though the gameplay is back on a 2d plane
2: yeah, yeah it's a, you, s- you see that hole in, in in the ground you see that uh, layer um, beneath it it's like looking into like a box and it's just a good it's just a good feel of depth to it and that's what i I, I can see myself really getting into that.
4: And uh, I want to say that th- those sorts of puzzles were in uh, Link to the Past, and those were my favorite parts of Link to the Past, where you're like a floor above, and you're like, wait a second, I think that I'm above this floor, and if I fall down here, I can get to the pot. I mean, I can get fall down this hole, which will fall down another hole, and then I'll land in the secret room with the fairies or something like that, you know? Or, yeah, or yeah. there's a puzzle in the ice temple, which I absolutely love that uses the same, uh, sort of the same thinking process. And, uh, I think it's great to see that come back. So I'm, so I think it's sort of really neat that actually it sort of really plays into the strengths of the, uh, hardware and what they want to do with this game and the theme of Link to the Past.
3: Yeah. I, I think to give an example from the demo, you, you had this one floor that had all these cracks in it. And um, it looks like you were just kind of stuck and there was nowhere to go, but you actually had to take your hammer and break the floor down to go back down to the previous room um, to to be able to actually progress upward again. And um, so, yeah, there's just a lot of um, sort of up and down, left and right maneuvers. Um, You know, like with the 2D link, uh, once you're projected onto the wall, you can't go up or down, so you have to sort of like pop out into 3D to move around and then go back into 2D and so there, there was a lot of play with that, too.
2: I think we just got a taste of it. it I think it's it's not enough for a Final Judgment, but I'm very cautiously optimistic about the game.
3: Yeah, what do you guys think about the uh, the graphics?
2: Um, I didn't know what to think of it when I saw the video, uh, but I liked what I saw in motion.
3: Yeah, I think usually these kind of things look a lot better on the 3DS screen than they do. Yeah. Um, I think I, they do... I did think it... Uh, Link in particular looks a little bit plasticky, Um, but yeah, it it does look a lot better on the the 3DS than
2: um, the the screenshots that have been posted. So, um, let's move on, because this cannot be a Just a Zelda podcast, because we could talk about this demo forever. Um, So, so to shift it completely and save the best stuff for last, um, let's go to Donkey Kong Country Returns 3D. Oh, I'm,
4: I'm, I'm scared of this game now. I never played it on the Wii, so uh, I, I was like looking forward to play it on the 3DS and I was just lost. I was dying left and right. Aaron can tell you. <laughs> it's, it's just sad. I just, I just try to do something and I'd walk forward or slip forward and just fall to my death. That,
2: that feeling, that feeling is not exclusive to the Nintendo 3DS version, to everybody <laughs> listening.
3: <laughs> yeah, I think, um, part of it, I don't know, like, I think Carmen's experience was a combination of two things. One, yes, it, it, the game did have a lot of that, um, yeah. originally, but also, I don't know, I, I, you'll have to, uh, tell me what you thought, but I thought that the controls were actually not an improvement, um. Despite oh, really? the fact that they got rid of the uh, the motion control, hmm. um, it just uh, felt a lot less precise and uh, the button mapping didn't make any sense.
2: Uh, I had to get used to the button mapping, especially um, like smashing the environment with, uh, with Dunk Kong hands. Um, but mostly for the rest, I got kind of used to it pretty quick. But maybe maybe it's just a personal itch of some of something you you didn't like. I'm more interested in hearing about that. What didn't you really like about it?
3: Well, um, I thought that uh this the role um was sort of too easy to trigger. Um, now I guess that it was sort of tethered. Yeah. Uh, to um, the running. Um, which is part of the game design, which they might have to actually alter levels um, to adapt to that. But then the the other thing that didn't make any sense to me was why we would have to use shoulder buttons at all, um, as particularly to pick oh. up barrels and throw them, um, when uh, we there are two other face buttons that are completely unused except to clone the other two buttons.
2: Yeah, when I... Okay, this is maybe a very dumb move. I started playing Donkey Country Returns again from the point where I last left off on we, which are the jungle levels, so I decided that well it was a good idea to go to the one with the with the the, the many vines across layered across that map, so I had to use that R button constantly to hold across vines and then press the b button to uh to jump um at first, I was like, this seems not very natural. But what I felt afterwards is that it didn't really cramp my hands as much because I had the freedom to push those buttons more simultaneously.
3: It's interesting. Yeah, I always have issues with uh, hands cramping around the 3DS controller. Um, so. so
2: maybe, maybe it's it's maybe they did it because of that reason, but I'm not so sure about it yet. So, um. The game looks nice, I guess, on the 3DS.
3: Yeah, it's um, yeah, I mean, it's downgraded a little bit, but it's mostly there.
2: <laughs> Did you guys got to play around with like the Final World stuff?
3: Yeah, um, I played a few levels. Um, of course, uh I'm a fan of minecart levels, so I jumped right into that one. Um, and that one was kind of interesting because it. You had um, some of the minecart riding portions, but then it split off, and then you had some just regular platforming, and then went back to minecart, and um, and it, yeah, it played with that a bit. It didn't. There wasn't anything really amazing about the levels I saw. They just seemed like more levels. Um, I'm not really sure who designed them, um, but then, I, I, I guess know,
2: Monster Games. but yeah. We did. I don't know for sure.
3: Yeah. I mean, it didn't. I di- I didn't have a ton of play with them. I, they didn't wow me. Um. But I don't know. They weren't bad.
2: Fair enough. I played also around a bit with like the new mode. Mm-hmm. Um, I found the game a lot easier because of them. <laughs> because I I chose a few of the items and I, I make a very dumb mistakes in like platforming games where I trigger the wrong, button, do the wrong action and fall to my death. So. It was very handy for me to have that green balloon with me because with with it I was finally able to finish a level. in one sitting. Um I don't know. Um I guess it's good for like the players who are intimidated, like maybe perhaps for Carmine it's good for you. I don't know how you <laughs> feel about that.
4: I, I I I am very intimidated by this game now. I thought I'd jump in and it would be just like playing Donkey Kong Country on the Super NES, but it it isn't and now I'm completely going to be dependent on new mode, because I apparently suck at video games. Yeah. Hmm. But the thing about new mode is, it it doesn't actually change any of the, I mean, it doesn't seem to me like they've done, like, this drastic attempts to make the game easier, they just give you more tries, they give you more health, they say, oh, you dropped down, here, we'll just bring you back up, you know, once or twice, instead of just saying, oh, you, you, you fell, you died, so... It's sort of like these tweaks on the periphery, on the edge of the gameplay to try to, like, you know, account for maybe falling down. But that won't help me unless I can actually learn how to, like, play the game. So, I don't know. I I think it might take some of the pain off, but I'm going to need to get used to this control scheme, and I'm going to have to get it out of my mind that this is... A Donkey Kong Country game, because it isn't. It it feels like a completely different beast. At least, maybe that's just my, you know, nostalgia talking, and my thinking that, oh yeah, Donkey Kong Country was a game that anyone could pick up and
2: play. It, 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 t- it takes some adjustments, for sure. Um, but when you get in the zone with it a bit, I'm sure it will all be good and fine. But maybe it's not the best version to play the game, but it, it seems like a fair representation of what was available in the Wii game.
3: Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely am uh, I'm glad that it's going portable now because, um, you know, like, I don't know, I guess I end up playing a lot more platformers on 3DS now than I do elsewhere.
2: It kind of came in the law of, like, the, the the start of the end cycle on Wii, like in 2010, and it came out almost directly after, like, Kirby's Epic Yarn, I believe. So that wasn't directly well planned. Um, so it feels like a better time slot for it, and all the power to that.
4: Yeah, I, there's a part of me that questions whether they, now that I've played it and seen how much of a challenge it can be. Like I, I have uh, cousins who like really love the Donkey Kong Country series, and I'm not sure that a, an increase in difficulty is the right way to go for people who played this, like who have a lot of history with Donkey with the Donkey Kong Country platformers. But I, I, you know, I'm way late. On, I'm way late to the boat on that because I missed the Wii version, and so and this is years later that I'm saying, "Wait a second. But anyway, that's my two cents.
2: Fair enough. Um. So what next? Mario versus Donkey Kong.
3: Mario vs. Donkey Kong, or Mario and Donkey. Mario, Mario, Mario
2: and Donkey Kong. <laughs> Jesus, I had I have, to, I have to forget that that versus thing doesn't exist anymore. Because there has been... How many games has there been in that series? Like, this this is the fifth, the fifth
4: one? I keep thinking that it's a relatively young series, and then I remember that there's, like, GBA games. and
3: Right. Yeah, though, they, they keep changing up the formula. Like, the, the first one was similar to the old Donkey Kong on Game Boy, and then, then they went to this Lemmings thing for, like, three iterations, and now they've got this new thing, which is, like, a Pipe Mania, um based game, which is very different.
2: So what are your what was your take on that then, Aaron?
3: Um I thought it was interesting. There were there were a lot of different little sub modes. Um I thought it was actually um sort of a lot more complicated than I expected at, at earlier levels. Um there's a lot of stuff to manage at once. Um so basically you have to um, drag these tiles in um that form this path on this uh, grid and the minis walk along this path to the goal Um, and along the way you've got to avoid all these different hazards and but even before that you just have to draw the or construct the path in the right way that the mini can actually complete it and not fall to his doom Um, and uh, I mean there's definitely some interesting ideas but it does seem to be a little bit tricky
2: yeah, it, it seems, at the surface, it seems like a very easy game. Um, but then you get into, like, a few later levels, and it's like, oh, okay, how do I solve this one exactly? And Then also the, the various variations on the thing. So there was, the first one was Mario's main event, which are just, uh, like like a style of Tetris or like any regular puzzle game, they will fall from the right, and you have to place them in an environment as quickly as possible. And then there was, what was the second one? Uh, Puzzle Palace. Puzzle Palace, yeah. In which you just get a set of blocks, and then there the game is just figure it out. Um, and there was mini, many mini mayhem, which you just that those that are actually a very different concept because you then don't have to place tiles. But you have to adjust corners where the minis can walk upon.
3: Yeah, that one was... Um, oh, I saw two different set types of levels in, in that mode. And one was like a sliding puzzle game that uh, you may have... Like the little plastic things you can get for like 50 cents or whatever. Um, and then then there were just ones where you had to actually rotate them. Um, but they were already placed. And so, yeah, there are a lot of different uh, interesting puzzles.
2: Uh, did you guys try the the giant jungle one?
3: Yeah, that one's. Well, the, there were only what, like two or three, um, of those levels made, um, because uh, I I guess you really have to play the the main game a lot to be able to complete them. Yeah,
2: yeah you you unlock them by collecting like tons of stars for them.
3: Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, they had everything unlocked in our our version, so...
2: In in our version, actually, they didn't. Like, they had, like, 50 stars, and they had, like, a couple things unlocked. And you could see, like, the star amounts for some of the stuff. So you you would see, like, 60 stars for this next uh, midi game, which we'll get a little bit into later. Um, Or, like, 50... 50 stars for this specific level So you could kind of see where they were going with that And how the unlocking system would work in that fashion Like, the the main stuff is, is just pretty regular You can choose from any of the three modes you want But when you collect enough Like 50 of them, like the first ju- giant jungle Level will then pop up Um, did you guys try to make Like, um, like A circular path on, um On the playing field?
3: Uh, yeah, um I mean, that, that, yeah, that, that's a good method for, like, queuing up things if you can't deal with them at the right time. Just get yeah. them walking around in a circle. and then. But the problem is some of the levels have such a short um, time window to actually complete that, like, if, if you do that, you probably aren't going to be able to use it up.
2: Well, actually, you do earn some time by doing so, because I, would, I have to explain to people what happened. So I, I made a circle because I was, like, I was all out of options, and I was ch- trying that big jungle left. I was like... What should I do? I'm completely screwed over. Then I uh, made a circle. I uh, ended up being. And then what happened. Is that then. Uh, a bunch of clocks appeared. And I had to tick as fast as possible. On the touchscreen To collect them. So. <laughs> that was a, a surprise tweak. when I did it with that. Um, so, so then there are the mini games. I think the first one was. Mini Target Smash. Which is just. Breaking like. These objects, the like these these floating objects and then score points. Which is like there's basically every shooting gallery ever. Yeah.
3: Yeah, but it was it was cool because it was actually in three D. Um and uh you, you had there was a little bit of strategy because some targets were worth more than others and it, it took time to actually pull the slingshot back, so um you had to strategize a little bit. Um
4: yeah I never actually got to try out the uh the mini games I was watching Aaron play it but it felt i felt like a lot of them were variations on that i mean there's mini target smash there's the is that the cube crash one is slightly yep. different is that what it's called cube crash
2: yeah cube, cube crash yeah that's the 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 giant block
4: yeah you're using the exact same mechanic but instead of targets it's this three d cube and you're breaking off sections but it's slowly rotating or it's Quickly rotating, yeah. so, and then the shy guy is sort of the same thing, though, isn't it? I mean, well, except for the reeling
2: in. Yeah, yes. Yeah, so, so basically, in this mini game, you have to grab shy guy off the air and reel him in like a like a fishing hook.
3: Yeah, it was it was kind of interesting. Um, you had, I don't know, it was a little bit frustrating. You know, just like I don't know, I don't find sp- like spin your stylus around the screen type games very fun. Um, except
4: when they're when then, yes. Yeah. Oh.
2: Yeah.
3: But <laughs> even even then, that part of it probably was the least favorite uh, mm. of mine. Either.
2: I I liked uh, the last one, Elevate, Elevation Station, though. Yeah, How that was different. It, 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 it's it's still circling around around the touch screen, but it's more of a slower pace, and you have to like avoid and collect uh, coins, and avoid obstacles. I usually say. Yeah. Um.
3: Yeah. I wonder. Um. If, if these were just like random little game concepts that NST had put together at some time, and now that they have a game to put out, they're like, hey, let's throw these in there. Or if they actually, because they have nothing to do with the main game at all. Um, but that's cool. I mean, I, I like playing with little mini game
2: concepts. Yeah, and it's also your reward for going through those regular puzzles, so I think it's a nice change of pace for the whole experience as well. Before we go to Mario Luigi Dream Team, are there other games you want to talk about? Animal Crossing. Well, Animal
4: Crossing. Uh, I mean, it's been out in Japan for a while.
2: Animal Crossing was the first game I ran to. Yeah, I. Yeah, I mean, I played it for ninety hours, so I don't have to say about it <laughs> very much. I mean, I talked about it twice on the Family Cast. I mean. Um, so, uh, do you guys have any thoughts on that game? Um, I
3: don't. I. It's not my thing, so I'll give that all to
4: Carmine. Well, well, I want to ask. Um, uh, maybe you've answered this before. What do the fort uh, those the what is it fortune cookies or fortunes you buy with street pass coins? Those you get uh, Nintendo items with. Oh, so you can get like a Nintendo set of furniture. That's the reward system there.
2: Yeah. So basically, you get like this lucky card, which you have to trade in to, um, to the clerk, um, and this rewards uh, a Nintendo costume bit. Or an internal bit of furniture.
4: Okay, because, uh, I was, I, I was looking at that, but I didn't have any street coins on my, uh, demo unit. You know, and I, I, I probably should have just, like, looked around and then started shaking the thing wildly, but, uh, yeah. I never got to figure that out, and I don't know if I, I, I was just wondering, um, if, you know, I saw so, what that was like, because I sorta, of, I sorta of have conflicting feelings about the big month-end raffle in the GameCube version. And that was just a really stressful thing of will I win the the NES game or not, and if it do- if I don't, then I'm going to reset and risk mr Rossetti's wrath. but I was curious to see how they handled the, the, it fun,
2: here. the fun the yeah, fun the fun part about mr Rossetti he is not there from the start anymore, so when does he yeah wait, I didn't see him you're right, but um I, i'll explain this Mr. Rossetti is now pretty much you have to unlock him. <laughs> Uh, Because uh, you have these community projects in your town, right? Uh, One of them is the the Mr. Rossetti Surveillance Center. So if you unlock that, then Mr. Rossetti will pop up. And what
4: happens if you try to, you know, mess with the game before you do that?
2: Um, Isabella will will tell you to not do that, but (laughs) beyond that, she, she can't do much about it, really. Uh, So it sounds like they made
4: this game a little less uh striking for players who are getting into it. Because there there are certain points in the Animal Crossing franchise that are like really stress points. It's like, oh I I have to work for Nook now and oh I'm in debt and you know, and oh I don't know this town or stuff like that. And it seems like there are little tweaks here to sorta of get around those.
2: Yeah, the, the, the first interesting thing they've changed is that when you go now start up your town you can now choose the 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 layout of your town and if you don't like it you you, you say no it's not my town's map and you get a different town's map yeah i mean it's limited Th- to it like three like that. Yeah. yeah it's limited to
4: like three and then if you don't like those three that it randomly generates then you have to reset but it's nice things just to make it a little uh less severe getting into a game of Animal Crossing. So, yeah, yeah, I'm looking forward
2: to it. Um, uh, I've I've been... 90 hours, you say? Yeah. Yeah. I I, I said that to the rep of Nintendo, actually, that, why aren't you playing Animal Crossing? Seems like a game you like. And I said to her, I I played this game for 90 hours. She said, what? And then I (laughs) gave her my Japanese 3DS and sent her to my um, uh, daily... What's it called? Uh, what what, t- what was your time on the 3DS? I don't remember. Um, the time counter, whatever. So I, I gave her to that. It's like, oh yeah, you're right. <laughs> Incredible. Oh yeah, the activity log. Yeah, the activity log. Um, so yeah, and she was kind of baffled by it. But I will do it again because I'm also expecting an American copy for Nintendo Force. <laughs> <laughs> and I will start all over again. So that will be um, terrible, <laughs> the, the, the the most dreadful experience of my life, or it will be the best experience of my life ever. I don't know. Um, playing it all through again, I'd I, I do it barely. The last time I did it was with um, Fire Emblem, that worked actually well for me. But We'll see. Was there anything else at your guys' event, beyond what we talked about, before we go to the, the final game?
3: Uh, well, they had, um, The Chase Begins, uh, Lego City.
2: Um, uh, yeah. I, I already finished that, and I'm not fe- so very keen on that game, so that's all I have to say about that one. Yeah,
4: I think the game's already out, so it wasn't as high a priority for us. I sat down and started it up, um, towards, like, the end, but, uh, the load time was significant, and then when I got in, I was like, oh, wow, Cool. It looks a lot like the Wii U city, which apparently, I, I i i could be wrong, but it sounds like it's the exact same layout of the Wii U yeah, Lego city. Yeah,
2: only, only that the zones are now split up in various parts.
4: Yeah, okay.
2: And the loading times are worse if you go to different zones. There yeah,
4: and they also had a Dil- uh, Dylan's Rolling Western, The Last Ranger there, but uh, I just written a review for that, so... I didn't need to replay it. I just needed to push my own copy of the game to completion.
2: They had, for us, as an an additional extra, they had um, Mystery Dungeon there, which is out in North America, um, which is coming out in May in Europe. And I I was looking at that, somebody playing it, I was like, nah, this is not for me. Have you ever played any of the Mystery Dungeon games? I played the American demo because I also have an American 3DS, and I played a little bit of that. I was like, "This doesn't seem really much for me." Uh, and uh, the the guy who was playing it was further into the game than the demo ever got. But um, yeah, I have it to doesn't ad- seem like something. I have
4: to admit, I played like the very first game in the series, and then I really just haven't picked
2: it up since then. Okay. Um so, so Mario and Luigi dream team. Alpha Dream is back. It's so cool. Did did they, did it they ever went
4: away? I'm just it's just so nice to see that art style again, you know, the the Mario and Luigi sprites. Yeah, it's the, it's the
3: art seems
2: better though this time. It looks so good.
3: Yeah, it's because it it well, lo- well there are like sort of it's like pseudo-3D, but they still have drawn the sprites, um, so it looks really nice.
2: It has an art books feel to it, and that feels me all tingly inside. Uh, funny part, before I started playing the demo, so I was uh, busy with Zelda, and no one was playing Mario & Luigi at the time. So I was hearing the title music in the background while I was playing. It was like, I need to play this game. I love this music already. Bring me to that demo now. So. um, I went to that demo. Um, I was th- just done with Zelda. I started it up and was like, this look, okay. And so, <laughs> I'm out of words already. So, I, pl- I started playing the demo. And the first thing I, I directly uh, it does just start you up in the middle of, of nowhere. You have no idea what was going on. And it kind of introduces you um, the bit where really you get into it kind of introduce you to the dream worlds and like the dreamy luigi
4: yeah i think uh the demo
2: actually there's a lot of exposition
4: too so yeah you know yeah the there's e-
2: a lot of exposition but uh at the beginning you're not sure what's going on you're just he- heading into i think thing, in the beginning you of fall cave. off a bridge i think that's like yeah. the very first yeah. thing yeah. i remember yeah yeah so yeah, yeah, you, you fall off a bridge and then land in the cave and then
3: yeah you start right off with like their uh, sort of mario and luigi type humor
4: but, uh, yeah, it was, uh, it's interesting. It's one, it was one of the longer demos at the event. I mean, Zelda was great and everybody rushed to it, but the Zelda dungeon, you know, uh, once you beat it, uh, you know, a lot of, a lot of people could cycle through it. And by the end of the event, you know, I think everyone had played that. But in order to play the full demo for Mario and Luigi, that was sort of epic.
3: Yeah, that was like 30, 40 minute demo there.
2: Yeah, it, it took me 40 minutes to complete that one. Um, so, intending the content of the demo. So, you, you get introduced to these dream world sequences. Which are these side-scrolling levels where Mario and a dreamy version of Luigi travel through Luigi's literal dreams. Or so we are told. Or something like that. It's it's more like... It's also the worlds that these, these creatures inhabit in. The, the pillow creatures.
3: Yeah, it's like there's this... Alternate dimension. I mean, it's kind of. I mean, you would like tear like a hole in like space time or something, and like Mario can jump through into Luigi's yeah. dreams. And I don't know. It reminded me a lot of um, like having the dual mechanic in Bowser's Inside Story. Um, yeah. Where you had like something going on in like the outside world. Um, in this case, Luigi's sleeping body, um, <laughs> and uh, and then you've got like this internal world, which is dreams this time.
2: So. Dur- during normal gameplay, um you have this what do they call it? Luigi works or something?
3: Oh oh uh, yeah. I had to actually write down notes for this demo just because they had so many random terms. Um
2: uh, let's let's call the Luigi Dreamworks for now. That makes it very simple for us. So so you have for example th- this uh Luigi Luigi's mustache you have to uh grapple it on the touchscreen and then Mario will fling up to higher platforms, um, or you, there are platforms in the background, or like objects, and Luigi has to blow them in the foreground by letting him sneeze by touching his nose.
4: Yeah, and uh, when I was uh, playing it, it, it's actually pretty easy to do. You know, you get to it, and then you can quickly hit L, which uh, on the top screen activates Luigi's like jump in jump into that object power. That thing in the background that will sneeze or the face that will have the leaves that uh sorta of resemble his mustache. And then I was just using my finger for the bottom bottom screen. I don't know if is that what you guys ended up doing too? No, I just
2: used the the stylus.
3: Yeah. yeah. I thought um I mean I think it's a really cool mechanic. I I thought it was a little bit annoying to have to switch back and forth, especially if you for instance, screw up. Um, and fling Mario the wrong way, or he falls down, or something. Then you have to convert Luigi back to his normal form, get get back to where you were, then convert Luigi back to his um, uh, Luigi Nation, I guess is the term they used. Yeah. Uh, and then and then try it again, and so that was a little bit annoying, but I like the idea.
2: Yeah, I um, the 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 2D stuff seems a little simple, but. They are just introducing us to these dream roles. I kind of had the idea that it was very early on into the game, uh, because also like Mario and Luigi were in the demo like at level four five. So I had some um, feelings about this one. And then um, as the demo went on, um, we started getting into the battles, um, which just retains that that same classic feel as the other Mario Luigi games. But they do some very interesting stuff with the 3D. So, uh, outside the, the regular dream Worlds, you have, like... One of the bros attacks they introduced us to was uh, the 3D Red Shell. Which is a take on the shell that in the previous games... But now you fling the shell at enemies in the distance... And then it will pop back up to, uh, to the Lu- Mario and Luigi brothers.
3: Did you find um, the uh the battles to be even more action heavy than previous Mario and Luigi games.
2: Um if, if you not particularly if you talk about um outside of the Dream Worlds. I found the um, so there are also like these Luigi specific Luigi Dream attacks which use up these these special points. And I found the one with the the Katamari ball was was pretty much more action heavy.
3: Right, well that one like was you actually had to move the 3ds because it used the gyroscope to uh, navigate this Katamari ball of Luigi's, yeah. <laughs> um, picking up even more Luigis to uh, boost your attack.
2: I was just smiling at that. <laughs> I was like, I, I like, I don't know what, understand what's going on. But I like it, so please continue. Yeah, I
3: mean, it's pretty cool. It's like, I guess Luigi, because it's his dreams, he gets these superpowers or whatever, so he can kind of, like, do all these crazy things and multiply himself many times, and um, he becomes sort of, like, a special power to Mario, but
4: um, he's, like, way more powerful than he should be in any normal circumstance. Yes. I think uh, it might be interesting. I, I noticed that in the, the, when you're in the dream world, uh, because of those powers, they can just throw so many enemies at you, because it's more, it's more like there's one or two main enemies, and then there's just, like, a mob of minions. And because, yeah. like, now, now with a normal jump attack in the Dream World with Luigi, uh, Mario will jump and hit one guy, and then there'll be, like, 20 Luigis who jump down and hit everybody else. Yeah, it's, it's going to... They're, they're probably going to have a lot more minion characters, I think, who are just fodder for... Luigi's awesome attacks, sort of thing. <laughs> yeah,
3: it does mean that you have to be very careful with the timing, though, because otherwise, if that fizzles, um, then you've got that many more enemies to worry about. If you make, um, yeah, if you don't hit the timings right.
2: Yeah, I actually, that actually happened to me. I had to, I had to deal with all those swarm of those little enemies, who constantly jump in, off of me. But easy enough, they were, pretty. Handy to avoid. They weren't too difficult, actually.
4: Yeah, I think, uh, now that I think about it,
2: they they all attack as a group,
4: so you don't have to wait for a long battle to resolve itself. They sort of charge you in formation, and you can just dodge them all at once.
3: Yeah, I saw a combination of both. I mean, it might have to do with how many you have left on the screen. There's, like, a few of them attack you, and then the rest of them mob you at once. And So maybe they have some adaptive stuff just to make the, the um, battles more interesting.
2: Hmm. Also, my god, the battle music. Again, I like that music in that game. I I like how it looks. I like the presentation feel of it. Um Um what did you thought of the guys thought of the bits of story they introduced in the game? Like knowing the the enemy, uh Phan, I think his name is An- Antasma or Phantasma?
3: I well I don't know. Like I don't know like dreams have been done a bunch of times, especially like within the Mario world and so, I don't know. Um it didn't seem very original.
2: Not not particularly, you know. Um I, I I I don't know. I I, I liked it, but I, I I want to see more of it. I'm not entirely convinced yet. Yeah. Yeah, I think I don't know, maybe maybe we're just
4: jaded. It's not I'm I'm less concerned with like the the, the thematics of the dreams. Like the story there was nice. It was interesting, you know. You know, I, I thought it was neat that, you know, they made this pun on pillows and all those little touches of the game. So I'm looking forward to that. But I think uh, I think it's not so much that it's a dream world for me. It's like, oh, now I jump into this different state where Luigi is super powerful, and, and I'm running around in, like, this 2D mini level here. So, you know, I'm still looking forward to it, even if, you know,
2: there's a part of me that's like, oh, dreams, this has been done before. Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, I mean, I'm, yeah. I mean, mostly. I'm still looking forward to it, but there's there are just a little niggles that kind of bother me at this point in time, but that's, it, it's just because we haven't seen enough to make like a bigger judgment on the whole. What was that's the name the the of problem. the little
4: star character who's uh, like your who's like taking care of Starlo, the tick who who hangs around Luigi when he's sleeping? Yeah. Because she must really hate Luigi, because Luigi's just there sleeping on the bottom screen, and then she goes like, "Look at you sleeping, so lazy. I'm gonna pull your mustache." And she's like, "Oh, now your nose wants some too, right?" And then she like, it's like she just abuses him while he's <laughs> asleep. I was shocked. It 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 went on. Oh my goodness. Yeah,
3: and then they make that they make that weird joke about her not wearing pants and stuff it, it got kind of weird.
2: <laughs> yeah, that uh, that's what I actually like about the Mario Luigi series. Just this uh, very absurd kind of humor. Uh because you save this like this pillow character because um these magical pillows that Luigi sleeps on are actually uh the ha- inhabitants of a race of of magical oh. creatures known, known as pillows. And so that you 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 awaken them from their slumber, <laughs> that she she asks about Mario Luigi actually wearing clothes. It's it's, it's <laughs> it was kind of ridiculous, but I loved it. Yeah, I mean, in
3: in relation to um, like the little niggles that you see, like I mean, it's always hard to demo an RPG, even if it was a fairly long demo, in, in this sort of setting. So. Yeah, these these things are always tricky to judge ahead of time.
2: Yeah, true. Um I, I think that's about it we had to discuss, I believe. Any final impressions looking good for the future on the 3DS? Yeah, I think so. I'm pretty excited.
4: Yeah, these these were some very exciting games, so I think the 3DS is really, you know, hitting its stride and a lot of games coming out now that I'm looking forward to.
2: Definitely. Um, and there's a lot more to look forward to in the very near future. Um, it's going to be a very action-packed summer. So, for us, it's going to be more action-packed because we're getting it earlier than North America. Oh. Which is... Sorry, I had to, had to say <laughs> that. Wow. Twist the knife! Yeah, we're getting it a full month early. I don't know how we how to cut to that point. You also
3: said that the uh, the name is different.
2: Yeah, Dream Team Brothers. Yeah, you. I
3: have to wonder if I don't if they did that just because they assume Europeans won't get the Dream Team reference. Um, being, I don't, I know. don't know.
2: I don't yeah. know. I, I I directly I directly get that reference.
4: I I think they should. Yeah, I I don't know. Maybe that's an that's an idea. But I would think they'd get the reference.
3: Yeah, I don't know. It seems like um, Nintendo of Europe makes some very strange like, naming choices occasionally.
2: Oh, don't remind me of personal trainer. Rock in the US and walk with me with the very long
4: subtitle in Europe. Actually, you know what, the more I think about it, maybe Dream Team doesn't translate well into other cultures and languages.
3: Actually, I wonder... Um, so if you guys are getting it earlier, does that mean that you've got a completely separate translation than the U.S. version? I think that happened uh, they, they, in previous years. They,
2: they, usually, they usually do that more these days, yeah, because the the localization department has improved significantly over the last two years. Mm,
3: so we we may um, end up with a lot of different jokes at some point in time.
2: We might do, yeah. So it, uh, it doesn't answer the question why we got then the... An American demo.
3: Hmm. Uh, yeah. Maybe they're still working on it. And uh, anyway,s at least for the demo purposes, N O A was ahead on that. Um, I guess maybe that's why it took. He uh, had the week delayed. Did they to ship the D S S over three D S S over or something? I don't know.
2: <laughs> I can't wait for those games. Um, I, I, I'm gonna play yeah. Donkey Kong when I'm going to e3. So that's all I have to say on that one. And Mario, Donkey Kong comes out in two weeks, so we should have a review up by the time that hits. Possibly. I don't know. I, I don't do these things. I just write about it. All I know
4: is if there's a review going up on Donkey Kong, it won't be me because it'll take me forever to beat that game.
3: Oh hey, at least we get Donkey Kong before Japan.
4: How? What world do we live in where we get things before Japan? And then Europe gets things before North America. I think the original one actually
3: didn't come out in Japan for a while because it it was an American-made game.
4: Uh, Well, thanks, Carmine. I don't want a tomato. That was my best impersonation on the spot of, yeah, I'm a little bit humiliated now, but go on. How about a tomato adventure? (laughs) Maybe a princess tomato in Salad Kingdom.
2: No. 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 Okay. No. Just no. We're not going to talk about it again. Aaron, thank you so much for joining me. Thanks. Ah, Thank you all so much for listening, and have a good day.
0: Hello,
1: everyone, and welcome to this segment of Connectivity. I'm Scott Thompson. We've got a pretty wild cast today. Uh, we've got Tyler Olu. Hello. Danny Bivens from the future. It's kind <laughs> and of. And Zach Miller. <laughs> And uh, we're going to talk, I guess, a little bit of this week's news, some virtual console reaction, uh, both the sad state of it in North America and the wonderful, wonderful state of it in Japan. And, um, yeah, just have an all-around good time. Um, Danny, what time is it in Japan right now?
5: Oh, it's like 10.30 in the morning, Saturday. So
1: Not too bad. No. it's not bad. We, I think we've gotten you up way earlier before. Oh.
5: I think one time I got up at like six or something to record. I,
1: I think there's been times you've literally been like out of the bar and then just come home and then like started recording.
5: I'm not surprised. That's probably
1: <laughs> true. <laughs> that sounds like me, the <laughs> resident alcoholic. There it is. <laughs> Danny's being really weird. Yes. She's yelling. <laughs> um. So yeah, a little bit of news this week. I guess first of all, it came out Wednesday uh, when all the financial stuff came out. That uh, Iwata has now become the CEO of Nintendo of America, uh, which I don't know about you guys, but kind of shocking to me because I thought he was more on his way out than like <laughs> getting promotions and other yeah taking on <laughs> other more <regions>.
0: responsibilities yeah
1: <laughs> yeah uh, yeah. I mean, what did you guys think reading that?
6: Now hold on, does this mean he's moving out of his position in Japan and just being kicked no. over to America?
1: No, he's doing both concurrently. Oh,
6: jeez. So, so both regions will suck now. <laughs> well, that, that's not fair. I mean, we'll talk about Japan's yeah, that's uh, okay. virtual that's console
1: offerings uh, in a minute here, but I mean, if anything.
6: He'll be see, apologizing anything,
1: it, twice as much. <laughs> yeah, two different <laughs> languages. Um, that to me, it kind of makes sense. Um, I mean, lately the Nintendo Directs have featured Iwata himself uh, in America. It's not like Reggie's doing them or someone else. I mean, yeah. I- Iwata does them. I mean, he's the face of the company as much as, like, Miyamoto is or Reggie is here.
6: Yeah, Reggie um, so- was kind of booted to the end of that last one. Right. Here, um, you, you can you can go ahead and announce that Zelda game. <laughs> Enjoy that.
1: So, like, it, I think it makes sense... Um, in that regard, because, I mean, we, we see him as much here as, you know, as, as they probably see him in Japan. He's still very present here to us. And um, maybe it'll mean, like, somehow we'll get similar content across both regions in, like, a timely fashion. Mm. I, I don't think that will happen. I mean, we're not going to get, like, <laughs> games that never came out here type things. Um, but still, like, maybe maybe somehow there'll, there'll be a little bit more synergy synergy between Japan and America, and we won't be left Yeah, I just
7: don't know if there's (laughs) some sort of weird, like, some barriers or something that was in place before, like, (laughs) they have to wait for someone else's signature, and he's like, you know what, I'm already here, I'll just sign it on the Nintendo Uh, of America letterhead, and we'll be good.
0: Yeah. Right. (laughs) Yeah.
5: So, you know, I'm kind of, because, okay, with this news, like, the former CEO of NOA, he was a Japanese guy, I'm looking at the news story, Tatsumi Kimishima, is his name, and, I mean, he... I don't know if he's moved up or moved over in terms of like, you know, corporate uh, bureaucracy or whatever, but he's now transferring to, you know, the Kyoto office and he's going to be like a managing director. And yeah. I don't know. I was think I was reading something about what Johnny might've said on uh, Twitter. And it's like, why, why in the world couldn't Reggie have picked up this title? I mean, you yeah. know, I don't know. It, it, it kind of goes to a thing where uh Japanese companies are, kind of weird sometimes and they maybe they just don't trust uh, you know, non Japanese people to be in positions right. like this. I mean, it, it's kind of, you could almost say it's like racist, but I don't know. <laughs> I mean, no, I, I, yeah. I think you're right. I think there's something
1: to that. I mean, I think that's why Nintendo of America no. has no, no power of its own. You yeah. know, they still operate by uh, Nintendo's demands and orders. I love know? that. They, Scott's
6: like, no, no, it's racist. No, I, I mean you're right. I, I
1: I totally think so. I think they they trust promoting from within Nintendo, totally in Japan agree. Yeah. Rather rather than Nintendo
6: of America, they've always been a Japanese company.
7: I wonder if Awada had like some sort of weird co- like video conference with uh, Reggie. And he's like Reggie. I want to bring this snubbing direct to you. <laughs> <laughs> it's like really weird. But I, with these companies, uh, with Japanese companies in particular, it seems like. They don't... It's like you're never, like, fired. It's just they just move you around in, like, disgrace. So I don't know if this guy is getting, like, a better position or this is a lower position or something. It's really, really bizarre. Um, yeah. but, well,
1: just uh, based on titles, like if you go from CEO of Nintendo America to like a managing director, I think that that sounds like a demotion to me. But yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure how wrong. it works. It's really really bizarre. Yeah. Although maybe becoming CEO of Nintendo of America in the first place was a demotion because I don't know what he did. I mean, we never saw the guy. Does anyone know, else what... feel
7: bad for him? I feel. I'm like, here's this guy, this Japanese guy who, like, six years ago, they're like, oh, you need to go to America, and he's like, oh yes, of course I'll go. And now six years later, they're like, now nah, you need to go back to Japan. Like his life's like <laughs> it's just being uprooted at like on, on the whim of a water, it's
5: insane yeah, yeah absolutely you, you know you, you mentioned tyler about how uh you know japanese companies rarely like fire people and <laughs> I, I read this book and i talked about it on the Famicast a couple of months ago it's called japanmanship and it's really interesting but it, it yeah it's it's a weird name but um <laughs> it talked about it, it was particularly focused on like the gaming industry and it talked about how if like a company wanted to get rid of somebody what they did and they don't do this anymore because it's fucking ridiculous, but they would literally put these people in a room by themselves with, like, none of their things, just, like, a telephone, and just, like, they had to sit in there and answer telephones, like, all day. And, yeah, that's what I read. I mean, it's... Fucked up. And they basically the people they're there for maybe a couple of days and say, Fuck this, I'm gonna quit and they're like, Oh, you want to quit? Well we can't fire you, so you know, no severance or whatever. <laughs> you know. Kind of, it's kinda of bullshit and I think a lot of Japanese companies are changing, but I mean there's still this weirdness. <laughs> uh, this,
7: it probably happened to, to Gunpei Yokoi, right? Like like not even to make light of what happened to him or anything like that, but they, like it seems like those are the kind of things that happened. Like I think he was just moved within the company and then he just left and uh, what, uh, worked on, like,
6: the WonderSwan, so...
1: <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. So, then, yeah.
6: No, I, I'm ahead, not going to go, tell that joke. That was a bad joke. Okay, <laughs> it's going to be in bad taste. <laughs> it's going to be in bad taste. Uh, All right. It's going <laughs> to be involved. Invo- you can make it up on your own. Nintendo doesn't fire anybody, but he got hit by a car. <laughs> oh, <It's sad>. God. <laughs> <laughs> okay. all right well
1: um yeah so i think that's it mostly for the water news it'll be interesting to see how um this kind of plays out if, if there are any sort of positive or negative repercussions as far as i don't know streamlining content from japan to america um but we'll see probably not i'm sure it'll just be more of the same anywho uh and then i guess yesterday thursday all of a sudden, this news started coming out. Or I guess it was even late Wednesday night is when it first broke, and then there was some clarification Thursday uh, that Nintendo said, you know, the C three stuff, yeah, man, not so interested anymore. I, I think we'll pass. Um, at least that was the initial impression. Is like that they just weren't going to be there at all, and then they clarified Thursday that, oh they they will be there um, with like a one little private like meeting for investors and different businesses and things like that, um, and then they will have their normal like. Exhibition where exhibition hall type thing where you can go and um, yeah. you know play the games that are there. Well, I think
6: anything. they're having two conferences, uh, one for the media and one for investors, right? Right,
1: but even the one for the media it's is closed like a small... door. Yeah, it's going to be like yeah. it was
6: last year. where only a limited number of people are in. Right, it'll be
1: like the 3ds thing they did. Yeah. Um, except that'll just be that. That's all they're doing. I think
7: the and the hands on thing is like just takes in the exact same time spot time spot of where their uh,
6: conference was.
1: Right, yeah, it is. It's yeah. the same exact time, yeah. So, I don't, but I wonder if it'll be broadcast at all.
6: I don't know. I'm no, they'll willing, do a but... Nintendo Direct. They they might do several Nintendo Directs. And I mean, really, after after last year, where they had you know a Nintendo Direct right before the conference, and then they had their big <laughs> conference, and then they had like two or three little conferences during <laughs> E three. This this yeah. is where they <laughs> were headed.
5: Yeah, mm-hmm. and you know, I think I think this is great for. Uh, the media and stuff too because like you said you know there's going to be that special thing basically just for media and it's good because i mean you don't have i mean a lot of people go to e3 some people that really have no business going to e3 go to e3 and Mm. that makes it i mean i've never been but i mean that makes it really difficult for you know the media to cover some stuff they have to fucking wait you know for hours and hours just to play a game or something Um, so these focused small things are great so that you know this information can get out there about oh this game plays like this, this plays like this. This get out there faster.
1: Yeah, I agree. And um after the debacle that was the Nintendo Land like extended preview <laughs> at the last event, you know, I tweeted that I'm much more in favor of them getting to like control and produce something that they'll share online. Yeah. Uh versus trying to do more live E three things because I mean it just that was so bad. Wait, and, but, what like, we're Nite- not
6: showing Retro's game? Oh shit. Let's get Nintendo <laughs> yeah. Land back up there. <laughs>
1: Let's really, really, really explain this to the Ouija Station game. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it was unbelievable. We should explain that
6: instead of that the Wii U is not just a Wii controller. (laughs) Yeah, a little more time there would have been good. Maybe we
1: should show the system. I don't know. Who knows? (laughs) Um, But yeah, so I think this would be good, especially considering um, the Nintendo Nintendo Directs lately have been so good. Uh, Like, if this news had come out six months ago, even, I think I would have been kind of disappointed. But lately, like the Nintendo Directs, they've just been dropping like bombshells in these. I mean, just game announcements after game announcements. I mean, just stuff you didn't even know it wasn't even on your radar. Yeah. You know, I mean, I feel it, it's foolish
7: for not seeing it coming. Just because after every single one, we're like, well, what are they saving for E3? Like, this is crazy stuff. That's like,
6: true. Yeah. What could right. they
7: possibly have stuffed And It's oh, they don't. They this is E3. Like we're we're going through E3 right now. E3 <laughs> uh, all year. And it sounds like hyperbole, but that's what it is. Like that's what it's been. Like when you saw X, when we saw X premiered, when we got the Bayonetta two news, like this was them just just releasing the stuff that they that they have. And I like this because they have all the time in the world to do it. They don't have an hour and a half or whatever. And if they want to go super in depth with Lu- a Luigi's Mansion thing, then they can do it. And then that's just a segment of another one. And the next one will be better. It's just I don't know. I, I see nothing but good things. And then I think for some reason, like. I wrote about this, but it's, like, uh, when when E3 was on, like, the cusp of, like, death, like, everyone was, like, oh, good, good riddance, who needs it, it's a bunch of crap, and then it came back, and then people still shit-talked it, and then Nintendo's, like, we're not gonna do it, people were like, this is the craziest, dumbest move they've ever oh, made, I know, this right? is so <laughs> weird, and, um, and then all of a sudden people are concerned about, like, the mainstream, like, I don't understand, like, why people care at all, like, just worry about the games, and that's it. Like you don't need to worry about what the mainstream press is gonna is gonna say, or because realistically, they I think like this, like the, like we spoke about the event, the miniature event, like the little thing they're doing for you know press uh, uh, during E3. That's maybe it won't be us. Like maybe you guys won't be going to that. Maybe that's for the New York Times and the Chicago Tribune or whatever. That's mm-hmm. for them, and then you guys will be going to the hands-on stuff, and then that way everyone. Gets what they want, kind of thing, and right. they don't need to worry about you know blowing. It's just, it's a lot of money. I, I don't see why they should have to spend that kind of money just to have people be like to to give them a C minus because they didn't show the retro game. Like right. shit. That's <laughs> it's, it's just ridiculous.
1: Right. It just seems counterintuitive. And and honestly, I think both Sony and Microsoft are going to be moving this direction too. I mean, Sony j- announced the PlayStation Four uh, like what a month ago now in their own private event, and now Microsoft's doing the same thing in a few weeks. I mean it, it this seems like the direction everyone's moving. I mean why operate in this one singular space where everyone's announcing things and your news is so easily lost when it's so easy now to just host your own thing online and have people watch it and mm-hmm. people will watch it and major news outlets will cover it. Yeah. I mean it's not like they announced the PS four online in in, you know, the Sony uh press conference and then like no one knew about it the next day <laughs> in the mainstream press. I mean everyone was talking about it. It's just, it's just weird. I, I think we get, we give E three too much power. I, I think in this day and age, it, it's sort of obsolete. Yeah. Now, I think I think it's good for game developers who don't who can't host their own, you know, <laughs> private events and stream them online to millions of people. Um, so I'm I'm all good like with game developers going there and announcing things and, and operating within that space, um, and you know, journalists getting to go and play a bunch of things from different companies in one singular space. But for the big three, it just seems it just seems obsolete at this point. Them. But anyway, let's end up with, the news and fun things to talk about. Uh, let's talk about the Virtual Console.
0: Hey! Lots uh, of things.
1: So, this week was weird. We were gonna record this segment, like, Tuesday or Wednesday this week because we thought the system update was gonna be Monday and the Virtual Console was gonna go live on Tuesday, and then that <laughs> wasn't the case. Um, I don't know, I guess, why did we assume that would be the case? Because what? Because Nintendo Network was down a little bit on Monday, right? And we just assumed that was going to be when it was going to launch. Or
7: I think it was the Facebook thing that Nintendo was like, oh, two more days until Virtual Console," oh, and then it was true. that they were. <laughs> I still, I'm like, I still kind of think that they like internally like delayed it, and they're like, just make the Facebook thing the announcement or something. Like just because it was so <laughs> weird, like it was like all of a sudden they're just like, "Oh, we're going to tell you what you can what you can download on Friday." Like it was so that, bizarre. That's a good point. Yeah, the, the
1: the wording definitely changed. It definitely did sound. like like first like it was the launch and then all of a sudden it was like one more day till we show you the lineup yeah it was weird and it was just
7: like a bunch of photos it was like the yeah. weird and you had to wait forever like it was at like five or five o'clock or something when when it finally showed up and it's like and then disappointment sank in you
5: know, leave it yeah. to nintendo to push shit back until the last possible moment <laughs> of the week It's just the way they do it
1: yeah it is brilliant um, and then to launch the Virtual Console on not a regular, like, eShop update day, like, so stupid. I mean, I, <laughs> not that everyone, like, is buying eShop games every week, but you've trained us to this point that things come out on Thursday, right. for the most part, and then all of a sudden you launch the Virtual Console on a Friday. <laughs> I was really Great grateful. I write the of.
7: downloads, and I was, like, so worried. I had it prepped and everything about being, like, the stupid, having to <laughs> link all those games again. Oh. Yeah. But I didn't have <laughs> no. to. It was the best day.
5: Yeah. Yeah, in Japan, I mean, the, the, the eShop updates on Wednesdays, and I was like, well, shit, I'm just going to have to update, you know, put, put a thing in next week and be like, oh, all well, this shit came out last week. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um,
1: So the system update then eventually came out Friday night, or I'm sorry, Thursday night. Yeah. And um, yeah. downloaded that. took I don't know. What about you guys? It took about two hours for me to download that.
6: Well, it took maybe a half hour for me. Well,
7: I think I got an hour or something. Oh, wow. At says, I think when I started, it said 40 minutes, and it has to install, and...
5: Way of the install, yeah. The same as Zach, what a... about 30 minutes. Oh, wow. Huh. I wonder why it took me so long. I just did it, like, this morning when nobody oh, was well, yeah, downloading yeah, it.
1: That's so. true. Yeah, and Zach, you too would have been much later because yeah. you were at work till like, everyone else goes to bed in normal time zones. <laughs> um. <laughs> Seriously, I felt so weird being in Las Vegas a few weeks ago and, like, Twitter just being, a, like, a ghost at, like, <laughs> 11 o'clock p.m. Las Vegas time because everyone I follow is, like, two hours, you know, ahead so that everyone was just already sleeping at it. I just I got a preview of what it's like to be you. Like, you just wake up once everything's already done for yep. the day. Everything's been announced. All, like, news is already broken. <laughs> All that. And then you're you're still up, and no one is on Twitter. Nintendo <laughs>
6: Direct, I woke up, and it had already happened. Now it's like, this is... Okay, I guess I'll read Twitter now. <laughs>
5: exactly. Well, welcome to my world, Japan. <laughs> yeah, that's too true. true. Yeah. yeah. I always James like my mornings.
7: Done. I wake up, and Danny's written, like, a ton. <laughs> Danny and James I know. Charlton are, like, just... Mm-hmm. My, my, my Twitter feed is just full of it. I love it. Yeah. <laughs>
1: or, like, I love waking up in the morning... checking yeah my nwr email and it's all like the japanese and australian staff like (laughs) like going out and and doing things it's great um so anywho the update came out made things a little faster you can now like download and uh, install things with your system off which is actually kind of cool so it's Um, so in a way
6: it's always on (laughs) just like the wii
1: right (laughs) (laughs) right 24 (laughs) right That'd be good. It even has a little orange light when it's downloading and installing things like the that we would have when it was in standby. Oh man. Um and then what else? Oh, and then you can adjust the screen resolution now of the uh War War Plaza and things, which Tyler, I know we were talking about beforehand. <laughs> it's like it's the secret
7: best feature for me. Like it was so <laughs> annoying having things get cut off. I hated it. I know.
1: This is this is very nice. Uh but what do you guys think so far? Does it does it seem like the system's running any faster for you? Not really. <laughs> I think so. No.
7: I, I I notice it is. I I feel like there's like new hang ups, like <laughs> uh, it'll like, do something like where, like
1: starting programs, right?
7: Yeah, like when you when you start it when you click a program, it's like it kinda just like hangs for a minute and then it goes and then sometimes when I come when you come back to it, it'll sit there and like all the windows, like the tiles will be just blank or like have little like, TV kind of weird-looking resolutions to them, oh. and it kind of just sits there for a bit, and then it comes up. But it's, it, I think it is faster. For me, personally, I've I, I seen a lot of people say the same thing, where it's kind of slower, but it seemed like they forgot they had stuff downloading in the background, so they're like, oh, that's maybe what it was. But, I don't know, I am seeing mixed results.
1: Yeah, to me, it's almost like it's loading the same speed, but now you get to, like, see the Wawa like sitting there for a minute before <laughs> things like start to load. Rather than just being like one consistent loading screen, it's like it freezes on the War War Plaza, either loading it or loading the program, and then shows the loading bar and then moves on. So, it, I don't know. Yeah. And I haven't noticed too much difference yet, but
5: I think Zach we'll put see. it best. still unacceptably slow. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: It still does feel really slow. Yeah, I mean, Jesus, um,
5: it, it took me about like 20 seconds to load up the eShop. And I was like, seriously? And then <laughs> I, I let it sit for a couple minutes because I was like writing up a story for the site, and Then, because it had been sitting for, like, five minutes, it just wouldn't do anything. So I had to fucking reload it, and, you know, it's just stupid. (laughs) See, with the PS3,
6: the OS is always running in the background, whereas with the Wii U, I always feel like when you close out of a program, it's reloading the entire OS. Right, like it's rebooting almost, yeah. And the the Wii was like that,
1: too, if I'm not mistaken. The Wii would do that. It didn't, like, run in the background. Um. Yeah, which is really weird. I heard someone on Twitter say, and I haven't experienced it myself yet, but that the um, the disk drive no longer spins like when you're uh, playing games or programs that are installed on the on the hard drive. Oh, that's I don't nice. know if you guys know that. Like, like the disk drive would just spin <laughs> even if it wasn't reading a disk. <laughs> Did not know uh, that. Yeah, it would be it, like it was always like humming, but now apparently it doesn't do that anymore, which is good. <laughs> I
7: saw mention that Lego City Undercover loaded faster.
1: I heard that too. Someone said Injustice loaded a lot faster now, so maybe games load faster too. I, I just sold
7: my copy, so I don't even know. I wish I could have tested it.
1: Well, yeah, especially the, especially Lego, Lego City, because yeah, <laughs> that was supposed to be at- atrocious with loading times.
7: Mm-hmm. I think there's an un- I like there's like an undo function with Meverse with uh, postings and stuff, and uh, I find a lot that I would be drawing something and my f- I guess my finger would touch the screen, and all of a sudden this giant line would, would jut across the entire Miiverse post, and i had to, like, carefully erase all these very... <laughs> like so now you can just undo, so that works out. It helps me out. Oh,
1: well, that's nice. And, uh, oh, yeah, I guess we should mention that, too. Uh, the the PC version of Meverse went live, mm-hmm. or the browser version, oh, I guess. Yeah. So it's pretty cool. It was actually kind of fun. You go in there, I, I think I'll actually look at my timeline more, because I didn't like to spend, like... Fifteen minutes getting to it in the Wii U and waiting for it to all to load. So <laughs> it's kind of nice just be able to check it from you know your your browser and your phone or your computer, um, and it's easy to share post, which is cool. Uh, if you find any like good pictures of Link, you just have to share for some reason. Ah, <laughs> uh, so anyway, the the big crux of everything then uh, today the virtual console went live earlier this afternoon, and who has actually used it? Nope, me. Okay, well, I mean, I guess Wait, we've all I mean, I guess, used I it because I the have... the thirty the thirty cent games. Yeah. I mean, it's not like anything changed really. Um, but so in America, <laughs> let me scroll down to my list of great things we got uh, today. We have access to Balloon Fight, yes! Donkey Kong Junior, Bike, F Zero, Ice Climber, Kirby's Adventure, Punch Out featuring Mister Dream, and Super Mario World.
6: Wait, none of those so... none of those are good except
1: Mario <laughs> and Kirby. Well, some of them are like. Good. I mean, like Mario World's good, F Zero is good, Punch Out's good, Kirby's good, but it's like nothing exciting, nothing we haven't had access to. All of us own those in
6: three or four different ways, Uh right?
1: And like, I feel like they kind of cheated because they included a handful of these games that were the thirty cent games. Well, most of the games are the thirty cent games. (laughs) I like half of them are, yeah. And so it's just kind of like. You know, so we got like an extra three games now um, that you can pay like six to eight dollars for that <laughs> really aren't. And there's like wild. the weird
7: fact that we can like look Already forward play to them? Yoshi in <laughs> June or something. Oh, no. Like, yeah, who cares? Like, now I'm like, oh, that's going to be a release in June. Like the big virtual console release for one week will be Yoshi. Oh, terrific! Right. Is it
6: Yoshi or Yoshi's Cookie? I think it's Yoshi's yep. Cookie. No, it's Yoshi. Oh, crap. <laughs> And then, um,
1: yeah, and then like same with Kirby Superstar. That's going to be out a little bit later. Yeah. And we know Earthbound's coming like at the end of the year, I guess. I could swear yeah. that
7: maybe on the thirty first, in that yeah. in that like Scissor reel. I know Mario Brothers is in there, like the arcade game. And yeah, then Super Mario, Mario two, 2? not Super Mario yeah. Brothers one, but two's there, and uh, and I think. I feel like Yoshi's Cookie was there, and not just Yoshi, and that's maybe where Zach's getting it from, or I'm just crazy.
6: No, I'm I'm pretty sure I heard something about Yoshi's Cookie somewhere. Yoshi's Cookie is actually maybe a good game, from what I remember. I like Yoshi's
7: of... Cookie. I played it on my Game Boy a lot.
6: Okay, yeah, it's not bad. The music's kind of fun.
1: I actually put a Yoshi's Cookie track in here in the podcast not too long ago, what? a few episodes ago. Yeah. Wow. Go back and find it.
0: Um,
1: so, yeah, a bunch of NES games, two Super Nintendo games, one of which was already available for 30 cents, and that's what we have. Um, I will say, you know, it's nice that now you can use your restore points and you can play entirely on the gamepad. That's great. Um, but, yeah, just a just surprising lack of games. I mean, I knew they weren't just going to, like, drop everything that was on the Wii eShop, Um but just, I mean, just considering <laughs> how much is available, and, and I would imagine how easy it is to, to port these over. I can't believe there isn't more, and I'm just really shocked they didn't just do Earthbound now to just create some really great. No, buzz. you're you could, not. You could, you could, you could, I am. <laughs> you could have all these like crappy, quote unquote, games right now, and then Earthbound in that list, and and all it would be is people just cheering. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, even if you don't like EarthBound, like, Zach, I know you, you don't really have any interest in EarthBound, but I think if it was there, you would be like, oh, okay, well, that's cool. You would appreciate yeah. the fact that they put it there.
6: Yeah. That, but if they put EarthBound there, nobody would buy any of the other games.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, I don't think anyone's going to buy any of these games. I anyway. know. <laughs> Super, Super Mario World will do fine. Um, but other than that, and the 30-cent games, like, no one's buying Balloon Fight or Donkey Kong Jr. No one. No. I challenge you to find someone who isn't on staff and like just downloaded it to review it. Go to
7: Meverse and find the the go to the tab where people that own this game only can post, and then <laughs> find it and try to find someone.
1: It'll just be Carmine. <laughs> um. So, Danny, why don't you? Uh, Talk to us a little bit about what came, uh, available in Japan today then. Yeah, and so. I will all hate you. Yes,
5: don't, please. I, I told these guys before this and, uh, I think I, we put this in the Twitter feed for the story that I have up on the site. Don't kill the messenger. I'm not Nintendo. <laughs> I just live in Japan. Please, you know. Um, but yeah, Japan, they got ten titles actually that came out today, yesterday. And, um, you know, it's Ice Climber, uh, Excite Bike, Spelunker. Uh, Xevious, uh, Downtown Niketsu, Yuke dai undoukai Uh, it's a <laughs> Kunio-kun, like, beat-em-up game, like, kind of like River City Ransom, but not, this is like an unreleased game, this is Famicom game, NES. Uh, then F-Zero, Super Mario World, uh, Super Ghouls and Ghosts, Fire Emblem Seisen no Keifu, uh, I think it's like the fourth Fire Emblem game, uh, and then Mario Super Picross, uh, also came out too, uh, before that, I mean, there you know, four of the four games from the promotion, you know, there's Balloon Fight, uh, Fire Emblem, uh, Mon no Nazo. It's like the remake of the first one or something on Super Famicom, uh, Earthbound, and then Kirby's Adventure, which is like thirty cents now, um, and yeah, and then next week, actually on May first, uh, Solomon's Key, Mega Man Three, and Kirby Superstar are coming out uh too. So that's kind of awesome i mean there's there's a pretty good list of games available here in japan i'm really happy <laughs> with you know yeah, we're, what... we're
6: so happy for you that you're happy
5: <laughs> about it yeah and you know, we are we
6: are cheering for you right yes now.
5: i I, <laughs> I know gamers in well not japan <laughs> are like fuck you fuck you fuck you probably <laughs> it's fine i accept that um but yeah that's what it is uh you know uh, NES games are five hundred yen like five bucks uh, uh, super Famicom games actually range from like eight hundred to nine hundred yen uh like for example fire emblems like nine hundred uh earthbound is nine hundred also and some, some like Famicom games too can go up to six hundred uh, yen six bucks so yeah
0: <laughs> well it's the, it's
1: the same here they actually put that caveat into the the pricing for the NES and in- SNES games here in America, too, although none of them are, are the higher prices yet, but they did say they could range to that. So
7: Yeah, I, I assumed it was just for, like, the import stuff, just like last time, but if Danny's yeah. saying they're paying more for... There are other stuff there. Not that Japan is, like, not known for paying more for at just regular releases, but yeah, this, uh, this is... I assumed it was just for something else, but it looks like it's going to be for just whatever they choose.
5: This is pretty consistent with the Wii uh, Virtual Console pricing, too, because, I mean, basically, if you see a game that's 900 yen now, it was 900 yen back on the Wii Virtual Console. Like, these Fire Emblem games, I'm pretty sure they're always, like, nine bucks. Um, yeah. So, just because. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, there you go. Um, So having, yeah, actually played some of these games now uh, on the Virtual Console, it's pretty much what you'd imagine it to be. I I thought maybe there'd be some, like, surprise announcement. I know, like, people were kind of talking throughout the week, like, oh, maybe, like, there'll be some, like, 3DS uh, linkage or something, or, like, yeah, maybe you can download games on 3DS that you've purchased on the Wii U and play them there, but of course, there was no announcement like that. (laughs) Why why would there be? (laughs) Um, The restore points, uh, safe states and whatnot are, are a nice feature. Um, I, think uh, I, I wish they
6: were restore points, though, like on the 3DS. What do you mean? Well, you know, on 3DS you can just
0: I like that. right, it's the same right
6: thing. before a bad jump or a tricky jump, you make a restore point, and then yeah, it's it's the same thing. They have that oh. there.
7: You just got to touch the gamepad screen.
6: Oh, yeah. oh really? Yeah. yeah, It
7: pulls it up. Yeah, you can remap the. Controls oh, I thought it
6: was. I thought it was like the Wii. Oh, good. No, no. It's no, like, no, yeah. yeah
7: you can, it's it's like the Wii in that you can't have those suspend points, but you can still create a restore point. Nice. Yeah, you create one, What yeah. I like, too, is that uh, the game runs in... Uh, I'm not a big... I'm not really too familiar with this. What is it, 4 by 8 or the aspect ratio? Like the original aspect yeah, ratio? Yeah, four, four, 4 by 3. I like that because it takes me forever to set my TV up and my Wii U to be able to go in Wii mode and play... Super Nintendo games and whatever in that aspect ratio and not having it to stretch stretching but yeah. on the Wii U virtual console like just naturally is like it'll, it'll just show up with that natural nice aspect ratio so I yeah. really appreciate that it does and look nice and with the button room mapping I'm going to really look forward to it with Super Metroid because there's yeah. some control things with Super Metroid that bug me like is it switching missiles or is it like pressing select, select to get to bizarre?
6: everything yeah, yeah.
7: So I, I'll, I'll tinker around with that I think with Punch-Out I put the punches to ZL and ZR I like that a lot
1: Oh yeah, that would make sense. Um, yeah, so that's cool. I mean, there's a lot of customization. I had some some weird quirks today with Super Mario World. Like I was uh, <laughs> I was playing a two player game with Tabby, and I believe uh, on the SNES version, if you have just one controller, you just pass it back and forth. Um, so I tried to do that on the Wii version, and it wasn't um, it wasn't working. Like I like I couldn't we couldn't both play with the gamepad. So then I grabbed my um, you know my Pro controller and I, I powered it up, but yeah. Because the gamepad doesn't take up a like slot of your your four controllers you can have connected when I turned on the gamepad, it automatically connected to slot one which also which also wouldn't control the second player and so then I had to go into the the you know the Wii U menu to re uh to kind of like reassign it to the second slot but unlike the ps3 where you can just tell it to be whatever controller you want uh you have to have a controller connected into the first slot before you can add something to the second slot so i had to grab a wii remote activate it have it take the first slot and then turn on the pro controller and then it it took the second slot that was great genius (laughs) yeah really intuitive there um but we finally got it working and you know had a good time Um, I will say I'm not loving playing uh, Super Nintendo games on the, like, the D-pad and the buttons of the Pro Controller or the GamePad. Really? Um, It feels kind of weird to me. I don't know, like, I didn't really notice it in F-Zero and stuff, but playing Mario World, having played it a million times on an actual SNES controller, like, it just felt kind of stiff, like, a little unresponsive. I don't know. Yeah. But, I mean, I still have my, um... Well, classic controllers, um, that I thought actually worked really well for playing games like that. So I might just use those connected to a Wii Remote. Um, but we'll see. So Yeah. But no one else has really dabbled too much with the uh actual playing of the virtual console games yet?
6: Well I played I played the first world of Kirby. I mean that game's still amazing no matter what you play on it. Or what it's you're really playing it on.
1: I'm excited for, for Superstar to come out because that I really that's the best Kirby game in my opinion. Mm. Um I played it a lot, but I'm excited. I, I will definitely buy that.
6: Yeah, I'll buy that too. I I don't have it on the, I don't have it on the Wii Virtual Console, do I? Oh, so I guess I'll be playing the whole paying the whole amount.
5: Yeah, the eight bucks. Yeah. Yeah, I I have the uh, I have the collectors the collectors Kirby thing, so that's my first. experience Oh yeah, you know I keep meaning oh, to yeah. buy that, and it's, I never. It's
6: It's, all, it's always forty dollars. I'm like, oh. someday this will drop, and it hasn't yet. <laughs> You know, they're still selling Metroid Other M for fifty bucks. So <laughs> I don't think the Kirby collection will ever drop. I
1: yeah, I don't know. What were you gonna say though, Tyler?
7: Oh, just that I've uh been dabbling in it with uh just you know the 30 cent stuff and then super mario world and but i think it's telling like how disinterested i am in this current lineup because i think a lot of people are like (laughs) i know well i know jp was but they're like oh i just have to pay a dollar like all these games that show up as like a dollar just you know like the upgrade fee mine are like all full price like even on the wii i didn't even bother playing any of those like i don't know i probably played them in like animal crossing and when they came out on the nes like i was an nes kid so i played those games and like i don't really feel the need to get back into them so and i just picked up the 30 cents stuff like why not 30 cents whatever
5: I, I know for me most of my virtual console stuff on the wii is on my uh, north american wii and i dude seriously i have like probably 50 games but like on my japanese wii i only have like maybe five games and oh, like, man. one of them is like one of the 30 cent fire emblem games I mean, yeah First world problems, huh? (laughs) But, (laughs) but yeah, so it kind of sucks. You know, if I want to rebuy all that stuff, I will have to literally rebuy it for the full price. But, you know, uh, like I was telling these guys before we started recording, like, even though that I have, you know, all of the 30-cent games, including, like, you know, Earthbound and Fire Emblem, and I still don't even think I've even played them. Um, <laughs> so it's kind of ridiculous. You're a monster. I'm going to just title this episode. <laughs> episode number whatever. We all hate
1: Danny. No, That's fine. I, yeah.
6: <laughs> I got to tell you guys real quick. Um, uh, I've been uh, filling out surveys for, you know, for Nintendo, Club Nintendo. Oh, yeah. And it asked me where I first heard about Mega Man 3. And I clicked Other and wrote Nintendo Power in 1993. <laughs> That's pretty good. Yeah, I want to do that and put, like,
1: yeah, my friend Jimmy in the third grade is me in recess.
7: <laughs> I think a lot of people can stop putting uh, Bring Earthbound North America in that category. Now that it's coming, they can stop bugging Club Nintendo about it.
6: Yep.
1: Yeah, pretty wild. Now, uh, now we just need Mother 3 over here. The possibly superior game. I don't know. Is it debate. though? It's Mother Three is really good. Earthbound is great, and I think it's it's quirky and it's funny, and and I really love it. But Mother Three is guy like kind of depressing. It's got like some serious <laughs> shit in it. I mean, you play as these two kids, and I mean you're I mean no oh, spoilers for Mother Three, I guess, but it's like in the first chapter. But like your um your mom dies. Like your dad goes out to try to like rescue her and, and fails, and your mom dies, and then he's like he's he's left raising the two of you. That's um, nice and trying to take care of you and stuff and i mean that's like within the first chapter and like the dad freaks out like he starts attacking like his friends and the other villagers in the town like when he finds out and like it's so dark um but it's so good (laughs)
7: <laughs> weren't like the old promos like just people playing it and then they they say words about how they felt as they played it and they'd be like i think the big one was heartrending, they're like heart rending i think there was even like a, i feel there's footage of like someone pl- like a woman playing it and like like she would sob like she was like her, like a tear in her face and that is really it is a sad game it's a sad game
1: it is i mean not throughout like i feel like it, it, it's not sad throughout the rest although the ending's pretty crazy but like just that first opening chapter with the mom and everything it is really wild um but yeah, good game. But that'll never come. Or it will, but it'll like it'll be the launch virtual console title for Wii U two so, um, <laughs> yep. in six years. I feel so, like we there should hooray.
7: still be some um like precaution. I don't know if I'm misremembering, but I could have swore that there was something <laughs> like when Awada was first talking about the virtual console for the Wii, that he was like or they, they said This would be this will be something that we could bring Earthbound to America. They could have swore they said something like as a hypothetical. They're like, now we can bring it over, and it just never happened. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. okay, we're not we don't have an yet. (laughs) Don't get too excited. Like we've told things before.
1: (laughs) That's true. Yeah, you never know till it's actually there. Um. So yeah, I guess that's about it. Um. We'll just see what keeps coming out. Um. I'm a little surprised that there's really at least in America no third-party virtual console support whatsoever. I know uh Danny in Japan, you guys got a few things it looks like um, like Super Ghouls and Ghosts and then the uh the Kunio game. I mean that's not a Nintendo first party, right? That's a third party. No, yeah, third game. party. And then yeah And then uh, you guys are getting Mega Man. Mm-hmm. So Yeah. Ton- yeah, tons nothing, of stuff. nothing here yet.
6: Oh wait, you guys oh you're get, getting Mega Man on on uh Don't you already have it on 3DS or Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I think
5: I think they got all the way up to like 4 or something on 3DS. Yeah, well,
6: they're on 4 now. They just came out with that yesterday.
5: Okay. Okay. I know in Japan they came out with that. They came out with that a long time ago. (laughs) So um, yeah, we'll see. I guess
1: overall, right now we're all like cool that virtual consoles there. Wish there were games we wanted to play, except for Danny, who has (laughs) games he can play but doesn't. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So we'll see. A lot of cool functionality. I'm excited to see what comes out next. How many games they're releasing each week? I think we'll be telling. Um, I mean, the the Wii started off great with the virtual console. We were getting like three or four games every week, and then it just completely dried out. Um, So, we'll see what happens. But, yeah, I guess that'll do it. Anyone else have anything they want to add?
7: I think they really gotta blow off, (coughs) blow out the doors with this because the Wii launched with like 64 and, uh, Super Nintendo, like it had all the systems, and this is just like NES and Super Nintendo, and they're kind of like, "Well, and well we're working on N sixty four, like it's gonna yep. come, and and Game Boy Advance, and it's, well, why isn't it not ready now? So they have to really release some really why great stuff. Why are we
6: getting Game Boy Advance on the Wii U? And not, yeah, but see that this kind of feeds into the theory that
1: oh, like they'll be, you know, like. Cross system play or something, or you you know buy it on one and you can play it on your other with your 3ds and your. your that would Wii U
6: blow that. my mind if that actually happened. <laughs> that would be the most progressive thing they've done in like two decades. Yeah, it'd be exciting. We'll
1: see. I mean, there's, they've obviously released the same games now on the Wii U shop as well as the uh, the 3ds. So, yeah. I mean, maybe maybe it's in the cards. Who knows? I want some Game Gear games to come to the Wii U, because I feel like playing on the gamepad is like playing an actual Game Gear. (laughs) It's about the same size, I think. Uh, uh, And the the battery lasts about as long. Yeah,
6: that's true. Boom! (laughs) Take that, Sega, 20 years later.
1: (laughs) And Nintendo right now. Right, yeah. Yeah. All right. So, thanks, guys, for coming on, and I guess doing a lot of trash talking and talking a lot of news. This has been fun. Really
6: the best kind of podcast. That's all we can do.
1: Uh, so yeah, if you, the listener, have thoughts about the Virtual Console, the Iwata stuff, the E3 stuff, whatever else, uh, you can email us at Nintendo, no wait, connectivity at com. I was about to say nintendobildeport at com. I don't know what can, that would do. You can try that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, might do something, probably not. Uh, or you could just leave some comments in the talkback thread and we will look at those and respond to you. So, uh, thanks Tyler, Danny, and Zach for being here. Yep, could I make a
5: small, small plug really quick? Oh, yeah, please do. Okay, uh, well, another, a new episode of the Famicast is going to be coming out probably shortly after you're able to get this, so, yeah, be on the lookout for that.
1: There you go. It will be everyone just cheering the virtual console. will be very different <laughs> than this segment. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. we going to be so happy. Nintendo's the best.
6: Can, can I make a plug? <laughs> yeah, go ahead. All right, a new episode of Frozen North Intercast is coming out tonight, I promise. <laughs> Which is Friday, but so it will already be
1: out by the time you're listening
6: to this. Right,
1: so find yes, it. In where the can future. they find that? Where can they find that, Zach? Uh,
6: at Crosstalk with a W. dot
1: and iTunes, I'd imagine.
6: And iTunes, I imagine. <laughs>
1: okay,
7: Thank you. I'll make a, a plug for uh, nintendoworldreport.com <laughs> Really great stuff there. Uh, not just radio for Nintendo; the whole website, a
0: oh! whole bunch of stuff.
1: <laughs> Beautiful. Alright, thanks guys, and um, yeah, we'll talk to you guys later. Alright, bye. bye! Bye! And that will do it for episode 83 of Connectivity. As always, you can send us listener mail to connectivity and Uh, If you get a chance to rate and review us on iTunes, that would be awesome. Uh, Follow all of us on Twitter. Go to NintendoWorldReport.com. Look for the Twitter sidebar on the right side of the page, and you'll find all of our usernames there. And uh, be sure to stick around now for a bonus segment all about Doctor
0: Who.
6: these people who lived in terror of you and your judgment. All these people whose ancestors devoted themselves, sacrificed themselves to you. Can you hear them singing? Oh, you like to think you're a god. You're not a god. You're just a parasite. Eat now with jealousy and envy and longing for the lives of others. You feed on them, on the memory of love and loss and birth and death and joy and sorrow. So,
0: so come on then, take mine.
1: Welcome to this bonus segment of Connectivity. It's been a while since we've done one of these. Uh, All about Doctor Who. Uh, Today I'm with Patrick Barnett. Hello, everyone. And Amanda Albert. Hello. Who you may remember from the last time we talked Doctor Who after the Christmas special. Uh, And who is here with more crackpot theories about who Oswin is. (laughs) The master. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) But we'll get to that in a minute. Um, So we've gotten through, I guess, half of the second half season. So we're three-fourths. Through season seven, I guess, if you want to call it. Um, there have been
8: four. Hey, episodes. seven
9: se- series seven B,
1: seven B, right? <laughs> right, my bad.
8: I've seen and- it 7.2 also. I haven't seen seven B yet.
1: <laughs> oh, I've seen it, yeah. I've seen it like every which way. What a mess. Oh, well. Um, so yeah, we're four episodes in, which means there are, are there, what are there four left then? Are there are yeah, eight four. In this half season, is that mm-hmm. right? Yeah, um. So we thought, well, let's just talk about each episode so far, uh, what we've thought, anything that we've learned, which I, I actually don't think we've learned that much, uh, much to my surprise. Um, but we'll talk about that, I guess, after we, we kind of go over each episode. So right out the gate, we have the Bells of St. John, uh, where we meet Osmond once again, or Clara, or whatever, you know, she has a few different names, I guess. Clara is, I guess, what we're Clara Oswald. Yeah, is what I guess what her official name. Um, and, yeah, I, I kind of expected her to die again in this episode. I thought that was going to be a recurring thing for a while. Um, did, you, did you guys think that, or were you just, like, off the bat thinking this is going to be the one that doesn't die, that's going to stick around?
8: Right after the Christmas episode, that was the theory I was kind of telling everyone. I was like, I, I think they're just going to kill her off every single episode in the <laughs> uh, 7.2 season. <laughs> yeah. It, it was, I mean, I didn't really think that, but it, it's nice to kind of... Make things up. Yeah. It's, it's oh, it's so up. fun
9: to make things up. It's like conspiracy theories.
8: <laughs> it's the type of thing where it seems implausible, but it's Doctor Who, so it just might be plausible.
9: Yeah, the one bullshit know. thing you say as a joke will end up being what it really is.
1: Right, oh, yeah. absolutely.
9: But I, I could I totally
1: see that working. I mean, if each episode he's in a new place trying to solve a new mystery while trying to keep her alive so he can just figure out who she is, and in the end he, she keeps dying and he just gets like more and more not just aggravated, but also interested and more intrigued and uh, it keeps him going and finding her in all these different times. Like that could totally work.
8: I think it would have gotten bad where they have to keep kind of doing an exposition and introducing her to the doctor where that would get old after a while.
1: That's true. And eventually it would just turn into like South Park where you're like, okay, how's she going to die this time? <laughs>
9: like, like they did with Rory? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, we had the Spoonheads, who were these, uh, weird, I guess, aliens, or maybe robots, it really wasn't 100%, well, oh, no, I guess they were <laughs> robots. Yeah, they were robots. robots.
9: Did anyone else think of that song, Spoon Man, the whole time?
1: Oh, yeah, but who, who does that? Soundgarden. Soundgarden, that's right. Spooner. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> I didn't at the time, but now I get it.
9: I couldn't, it was stuck in my head the whole day. <laughs>
1: And, uh, yeah, these robots, they came through the, uh, the Wi Fi and sucked out your, your soul, basically, I guess, or your whole being and, uh, stuck you on a computer somewhere. Um, that was pretty much that. What was the point of that? Do you guys remember? Great, like...
9: great intelligence. They're collecting yeah. information. Oh,
8: that's right. That's right. Which Storing is, that's really interesting after the, uh, snowman episode where it was the great intelligence in that one as well. That's true. Yeah. I think so
9: that's going to be the baddie leading all the way up.
1: Yeah. I wonder if you can, like, I, you know, I'd have to go back and watch them now. I haven't really watched the past few episodes thinking of the Great Intelligence, but I wonder if there's, like, hints hinting that maybe they're behind some of these things.
9: I think so. I went back after the Christmas special and watched the Patrick Troughton episodes that involved mm-hmm. the Great Intelligence, and the even though it's a different actor now, it's, what's his name, Withnall, doing the voice for it, the voice is really similar to the old one, and you kind of, like, you know, you hear it for a bit in the Christmas special with that giant snow globe. Right. And then you hear it in the bells of St. John. Yeah. But I keep listening for it in the other episodes, like, to see if it's, he's going to say some other giveaway information to let us know that it's him. Yeah. I would think that, you know, if if we're not going to see him in the 50th, we'll see him in the, the finale, I would think, for this season.
1: yeah. I would, I would think so. I mean, that seems right. You're right. I mean, that, that that's like what they're building up to.
8: I think, I think it's fitting where the finale. I think it's the name of the Doctor. I think that's the name of it, which is kind of information and the great intelligence information. Mm-hmm. I, it's kind of fitting. My yeah, answer
9: to the question.
8: Yeah,
1: yeah, absolutely. So that's yeah, which I theory. I think that was just kind of revealed today that that was the name of the last episode of the season. At least I read it today. I don't know if it came out today or not, but um, yeah. So that's pretty exciting. Um, yeah, and then the doctor gets a new jacket. That's fun. It's got this like festive purple kind of longer jacket. That's always costume changes are always a big deal. And we actually get doctors. to see
8: more of the TARDIS like formally, I guess. There was that short introduction in uh, the Snowmen, but I feel like we saw more of it in this one. We're gonna
9: see a lot of it this weekend. Yeah, I was just gonna say,
1: yeah, I'm excited about that. Um, so yeah, overall, a pretty good introduction to this this version of Clara, who is apparently going to not die, uh, at least not right now. And, um, or yeah, maybe and then, she's
9: already dead. <laughs> yeah,
1: maybe that's another theory. She's a ghost. <laughs> um, and then we got a little bit of sort of her, um, family background too. We get much more of it, I think, in the next episode. But, you know, she's an, an orphan, it seems. And, uh, and then the, the one interesting thing too is he's looking through her book, and every age is marked except one. It skips like, I don't know, uh, age 23, maybe. That might be it. it it's it somewhere tw- in the, the was Is it 21 or something? It's something like that, somewhere in the early 20s. But yeah, every year of her life is marked off, but then one year is just skipped, um, which I'm surprised they didn't like highlight more or like, hasn't come up again yet. But obviously, I, I think that's that's got to be something. Or it's just a red herring. She just forgot that year.
8: Who knows? <laughs> a couple things in this episode. I'm not sure if you, you caught on to them, but do you remember the, the kids that she was kind of watching at the beginning? They were reading mm-hmm. a book. Did you notice that the author of that book was uh Amy? I yeah. didn't
1: I didn't notice it at the time but then I read that online later. Oh, okay. Yeah. Which is awesome. Yeah. And,
8: and there was something about they she said that chapter eleven of the book was the greatest, it would really like make you cry or something like that, but Happy Tears. Which yeah. is kind of just eleventh Doctor.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That's actually pretty good.
9: And the yeah. two guys on it look like Sherlock and John.
8: Really? Oh
1: man, Sam and I gotta go back. I knew after I knew after this recording this I was gonna end up going back and watching these episodes again.
8: I think you can buy that book online. Like, they actually, BBC published it, I think. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, there better
9: be some clues in there. I'll that shit.
8: Yeah, you read them in and then report back to us. (laughs) I hope I'm not making stuff up. (laughs) I think you can buy it. I'll
9: let you know if you are. I'll send you a very strongly worded email.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um. So, then the next week uh, was the Rings of, uh, I guess, what, Akatan? Akatan? And, yeah, I thought this was... I think visually, this was a really great episode. Yeah, um,
8: I mean, there were some cheesy effects occasionally. Um,
1: anything like on the hover bike as they were yeah. going from from the one planet to like the um, little, like moon or temple the, or whatever. The, yeah. the moment
8: like the islands kind of picked up the girl in the bubble and just kind of dragged her away—that was really uh, subpar, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, no, that's true. The effects weren't great, but I guess like the overall like set pieces the, the whole world. The costumes yeah, were
9: sure. wonderful, though. the yeah. costumes for the aliens.
1: Right. Yeah. Absolutely. And just the variety of aliens. I mean, there was just so many like new things I hadn't really ever seen before.
9: Yeah, I remember them saying they'd never had that many unique, different alien costumes all on the set at once.
1: Oh, really? Oh mm-hmm. well, I believe it. I mean, I I can't think of many times where they have that many different species of aliens. I guess maybe in like the second, uh, the second episode of the like the reboot when they um when he's with Rose and they go mm-hmm. to like the the end of, of the, the world Earth or whatever. Yeah.
8: Even that's not terribly many i think there's like maybe seven or eight different kinds right
1: yeah. a lot of blue people yeah <laughs> yeah yeah exactly the face of Bo which is always good um so yeah but this episode i thought like i don't know didn't really do anything for me either way it was kind of like setting up a little bit more of um like clara's background but like overall the the, the threat didn't really i didn't feel threatened i guess <laughs>
8: Uh, I was just going to say, when watching this episode, it it just very strongly reminded me of The Beast Below, which was Amy's second episode. That's what I was going to
9: say. You're right.
8: It it was just very similar storytelling, where they kind of go to a faraway place, and it it just followed the same storyline, where they get separated. um, The companion goes, does something themselves, they come back together, doctor gets themselves in trouble, and then the companion saves everyone. Right, the it companion, the yeah, the, the, the doctor thing. sort of fails, and the companion ends up saving them, yeah.
9: It's it's a formula to try and forge some kind of relationship or chemistry between the doctor and the companion.
1: And, like, show the worth of the companion, you know, that they aren't, like, rightless.
9: That that's, to show you why he picked them.
1: Right, absolutely. As if the fact that she's died two times and is still alive wasn't enough.
9: Or she's that she's fixed. just really attractive.
1: <laughs> yeah, because there's that, too. Which she is.
9: Uh. <laughs> I like I my favorite part of that though was Matt Smith uh in that audience of aliens with her just looking like an old man in church pretending yeah. to sing along with the hymns like he knew them. <laughs> that was great.
1: That was pretty good.
9: That was just the best part for me cuz it was it was barely <laughs> acting. It was just more of him imitating like his grandfather at some point. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I thought it was like up until the um the end parts. I thought it was just a fun episode too. Like I think Matt Smith did have a lot of fun with it. And... Oh yeah. You know, like they just look to be having a a good time, and you could see the relationship uh, just building between them, how they get along, and everything.
9: Mm -hmm. Yeah, Um, I agree.
1: Yeah, and then, yeah, and then you know, anytime you get a good, like, doctor speech about how old Uh he is and like, you know, how much he's seen and everything, you know, that's always good. I'm always into that. I'm a sucker for that. (laughs) Oh,
9: the Matt Smith Smith speeches are always wonderful. Like, he could say he could recite the phone book for me, but if he did it like that. (laughs) I'd be crying by the end of it.
1: With, like, dramatic, dramatic Doctor Who yep. music in the background. Yep. Absolutely.
9: If you play yeah. some Murray Gold and have Matt Smith shed a few tears, I'll, I'll listen to it. Wave
1: his arms around yep. and stuff. And just look kind of frantic,
0: yeah.
9: Yep. I did think, though, I had this thought, and you guys tell me if this is uh, far-reaching or not, when he's, like, telling his uh, story and it seems like it's feeding off of him, it almost seems like... That thing that he's talking to is the great intelligence. Like how it's trying to pull information, it's pulling mm. stories. Instead of, you know, souls getting stuck in the Wi Fi, it seems like the recurring theme with the uh, intelligent, great intelligence is always trying to pull energy or stories or uh, skills or theory. traits.
1: Yeah,
0: you know, that's interesting. I, like I said, I, never I thought I, of that. Yeah.
1: yeah, like I said, I didn't know how many more links there were to that, but that could easily come back later. And, you know, it turns out that that's somehow. Involved with the greater intelligence. Yeah, that's good. Okay, good. Look at you. Plus one point. <laughs> Better Keep than Clara and the master. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Actually, that might take away your point. Sorry.
9: <laughs> well, I'm never serious yeah. about that. I was the only time I was serious about it with Rory, but now I'm just going to say it every season.
1: <laughs> someone's got to be the master.
9: Every season, someone's the master. <laughs> my- Mike was joking with me today. He was like, my new theory is that the doctor is the master. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> um, And then in the end, she gives away her... Did she give away her Yeah, she gives away just the leaf? Just the leaf, it wasn't the Just the, whole the leaf. Book, she yeah. keeps the book, yeah, she gives away the leaf. That's okay,
9: right. I have one more dumb thing about the leaf. Mm-hmm. Okay. Has it been a while for you since you've seen A Good Man Goes to War?
8: No. Uh, I love not, that episode. Not terribly Me wrong. too.
9: Good man goes to War. Do you remember the random girl that had met the doctor sometime before? Yes. Yeah. it's very unspecific. And she has the prayer leaf that she sews herself with River's mm. name. Yeah. It was just interesting to me that Clara had the leaf and then this girl has a prayer leaf. And I don't I'm not necessarily saying it's the same person, but I wonder because this the plant was it called Akaton? Yes. Has some yeah. significance yeah. and it seems like there's a lot of religion throughout the universe tied to this place. I wonder if somehow that influences what this prayer leaf has come to be.
8: I could see that. Yeah, that's actually really interesting. Sounds crazy enough. It just might work. <laughs> right. Yeah.
1: And to, I want to go back and watch that episode now. But yeah, that, that would totally make sense. I mean, why not? It's like the origin. Of, yeah, I mean, this leaf saved them. So. so
9: maybe it's like, you know, a story that gets handed down.
1: Right. Yeah, totally. I'd buy that. All right. Okay. Two points. I'm okay. killing it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, and so from there, we move to this, like, great, like, sweeping new, like, planet with all these species to being stuck in a submarine. Um, not that it was bad. I actually liked this episode a lot. But now we are into the uh, Cold War, and the Doctor winds up on a sinking submarine, a Russian submarine, nonetheless. And the TARDIS quickly runs away,
9: <laughs>
1: leaving <laughs> them stranded in the submarine. Which, I, what was his explanation for that? We that he reset got, the like...
9: HADS, the HADS system.
1: Okay, which is Hostile like... Hostile
9: action display displacement system right where
1: like the TARDIS protects itself if something's happening yeah basically. if something
9: hostile happens it relocates
1: yeah which it figured a submarine filling with water was hostile enough and <laughs> yeah <ran
9: away. laughs> which Patrick Troughton did too
1: oh okay they so keep, that's happened before yeah
9: they keep pulling I know every episode it seems like they make some reference to something he said this season at least
1: Okay. Well, that's good. I mean, cuz at first it just seemed kind of like, "Well, why it seems like a weird. Every time they're like stuck somewhere, there's always some weird reason they have to make up why he can't just get to the target. It's still a
9: me. weird bullshit plot hole, <laughs> but because this show has gone on for 50 years, they can just pull a plot hole out of their ass from so long ago that it seems yeah. like there's continuity.
1: Right. Yeah, but that's fine. I'm 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 good with it. Yeah, me too. I'll, I'll, I'll totally
9: buy it. I'll totally buy that cheap trick. <laughs>
1: And then so we had the um, uh, what do they call him like the ice warrior ice, yeah ice warrior ice warrior uh, this crazy huge alien in this robotic suit and you know the doctor's talking about how he's never seen one outside of a suit and then it leaves its suit and we never actually see it what well, you do at the suit. end do you do you see the whole thing or just, oh, just, just kind mostly of mostly his face yeah you see its face and then you see its hands mostly. which are
9: really <laughs> gross it needs a manicure real bad. <laughs>
1: It was just great. Like it just reminded me, like, of a really like low budget horror movie. I mean, every time it attacked someone, it, its hands
9: just came out
1: from the ceiling and just grabbed people's faces.
9: That's what I love about Mark Gatiss, though. Is I th- I think he's a lot of fun as a writer, but every episode he does kind of has a B horror movie vibe to it. What else? What,
1: what other episodes has he done?
9: He did. Uh, he's done a few. He did um in series one. He did uh what's the one with Charles Dickens and the ghosts?
8: Oh. oh, I don't yeah. know what it's called, but I know what you mean. I was he about, yeah. the writer of the Doctor's Wife episode from last season?
9: No, that was, was Neil Gaiman. Oh, yeah, okay, that was okay. yeah,
8: special. Guest I get those Neil two Gaiman, mixed yeah. up.
9: Mm-hmm. Uh, Let's see, for Doctor Who, he wrote... I'm going to look this up.
1: Neil Gaiman did another episode this season, didn't he? He's oh, he did The Unquiet
9: Dead, Idiot's Lantern, Victory of the Daleks, Night Terrors, Cold War, and Crimson Horror, which is coming up later this season.
8: Oh okay. Night Night Terrors was the one with the the creepy dolls when they got sucked into the dollhouse. Oh
9: yeah.
8: Okay.
1: Yeah. Okay. Similar kind of thing, yeah. I don't remember yeah. the effects looking too great in that. But <laughs> um so yeah, but this was I mean this was just another fun episode, like another good just sort of relationship building between the two of them. Another like example of how, you know, Clara can take care of herself. Um, I liked the references to, like, Duran Duran and, and everything. That that Russian scientist was really great.
9: Oh, I loved him. Wasn't he fun? <laughs>
1: yeah, he was.
9: I want him to be back. I wish he could be a recurring character. <laughs> well, he lived, right? Yeah,
1: he lived, so maybe, but probably not. Oh, that'd be really... wonderful. And I, they don't bring characters back often like that, no. but sometimes. So it's possible.
8: I, I think one of the really interesting parts was when the doctor, he told Claire to stay stay like stay right where she was and she was just like okay and the doctor's just like one second reaction to that was perfect <laughs> yeah because
1: he's taken aback by that yeah Maybe it's like the cause... first
8: time that's happened I, I can't think of any situation where the companion literally <laughs> did exactly what he said
1: right they always tail along or don't stay put or something yeah that's true and yeah, no, his reaction was was perfect <laughs> that was good yeah but uh, uh, kind of similar to the last one the threat really never bothered me and you know maybe i missed something how did clara know like anything about his that guy's daughter do we know that did i miss something? he talked
9: about him early on he talked about them singing the old songs
1: okay i must have just missed that because i was like how did she how did she know that but yeah but then again same thing you know that was her intervening and sort of saving them instead of the doctor who was ready just to pretty much kill everyone (laughs) to, (laughs) to save the world um which it seems like he's been ready to do
8: a lot lately. <laughs> have you felt that this season, at least this like second half of the season with Clara, all the uh, enemies and evil guys are kind of not as evil and uh, deadly as they have been in the past? Mm-hmm. I would agree like, with that. Yeah, like um, the Spoonheads were just simply storing people. This guy was just trying to get out from where he lived He would, or where he was stuck. And right. Then, uh, I guess the planet was trying to be evil, but all he was really doing was he was just hungry. He needed some food.
1: <laughs> yeah, and they had they had something worked out where it would have satiated him, but then yeah. you know, it just the there was agents working against that. That's um true. so yeah, no, I agree with that. I mean, I I've, I've talked about it before. Like I almost wish every episode didn't have to have this like villain that just ended up being resolved easily and and didn't really have much impact. Like I wish there would be episodes of Doctor Who that were just like strictly character building you know like i think of shows like lost where there are episodes that like it's not like every episode had the smoke monster or had the others or you know something bad going on like there could be episodes that were entirely just about developing characters well I think they've they done should... that
8: in the past the uh the amy episode where she kind of like got stuck in that one time
9: mm, the girl who yeah. waited yeah but even
1: still that it was there was that threat of her like dying you know and it wasn't as apparent a threat as like an alien coming to kill them but still like that Okay, that's fair. That's a pretty good example. But, like, other than that, I feel like every episode always has to have yeah, some Yeah, yeah, I completely agree guy. with you.
8: That was the the one thing I could think of where yeah, it didn't follow that formula.
1: A lot of times the bad guy just ends up being sort of, like, a detriment because the bad guy is not, like, fully, like, realized. And it's just resolved so quickly, like, in the last five minutes that it just, there's no, like, I don't know. It never felt dangerous or foreboding in any way
8: there hasn't been a good dalek episode where they're like holding someone hostage and gonna kill someone or something (laughs) like that like even the last dalek episode it was just a case of they went and collected the doctor just so they could so the doctor could help them with something
1: right and i feel like there hasn't been a good episode where people are actually like dying and like there there's a sense of drama like i think of um the like library of silence uh, yeah yeah, um, Where they get picked off like flies, one right? And like people are actually dying, and like you feel like the sense that like this is something bad that the doctor actually has to like work through, and there hasn't really been an episode like that at all this season, I don't think.
8: I, I think the tone of the show has really shifted after David Tennant left because I think David Tennant was kind of better at that dealing with the death than maybe Matt Smith is.
1: Yeah, maybe. What do you? What do you? Th- what do you think, Amanda?
9: I don't know. I think it's uh It's got to be. Uh, a harmonious marriage between both things. I think when you get the right writer, and it's the right point in the show, and the right chemistry between the actors, the conflict with the, the monster or the baddie or the, whatever the threat is, that pushes forward the character development.
1: Right. I in mean, the best examples, it does, yeah.
9: Yeah, like the girl who waited, or um, the doctor's wife, The yeah, there is an obvious uh, threat in it, but it's pushing forward an already existing conflict between the characters. And because of the threat, they're able to sort out the conflict. Right. Like, it kind of jumpstarts the conversation that the doctor probably was hesitant to have, you know? Right. Because he's certainly not going to sort anything out or address anything. <laughs> no. But if they're in a bad situation and he's forced to, then he's going to sort it out.
1: Yeah, that's a good point
9: because it because you know, it's kind of like uh sh- shows that in uh Asylum of the Daleks you know he's not going to sort out Amy and Rory by talking about their relationship but if he takes them on an adventure where they have to depend on one another then they'll sort it out
1: right and they did yeah
9: so yeah. it's it's not it's a it's a precarious balance and you got got to get the right uh writer for that but i feel i feel like um the the I know we're getting a little bit ahead of ourselves, but I feel like Hyde did that pretty well.
1: Well, yeah, and we can, we can move to Hyde now, and I agree with you. I actually enjoyed um, enjoyed this episode quite a bit. I think it's my oh, favorite my gosh, of, the, yeah. of the four so far.
9: Yeah, I love—well, one more thing about Cold War. Uh, hungry like the wolf. Yeah. Are we— uh,
1: <laughs> Oh, yeah, there you go. There's kindness <laughs> a rose.
9: Are we considering that a reference or not?
1: No. In fact you just lost your two points. I'm sorry, but (laughs) someone had to do it.
9: (laughs) I can't help it. It's too funny to not bring
1: it up, okay? And I just feel like it was deliberate just to Oh, it's just just, it's just Stephen Moffat
9: fucking with people.
1: Absolutely. (laughs) Which I love any song.
9: (laughs) Yeah, I love that about him. That he's like, Oh, let me screw with all the Rose Shippers.
1: Right. So good. Um and yeah, so in Hyde we have a ghost story, which I actually thought was or at least a ghost story for most of it until we find out it's not ghosts at all. But um Is it ever actually...
9: ghosts? Is it ever really ghosts?
1: <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, I guess not, because there was the one with the Cybermen, which of course turned out not to be ghost. It was I Cybermen.
8: think it was ghosts in the Charles Dickens one with the knife. Nope. Cocktail. Nope. What?
9: Aliens <laughs> stuck in the void.
8: Oh, okay. Well they they were close <laughs> enough to ghosts. <laughs> <laughs>
1: We did have actual like kind of witches though in the one one of the early episodes with um Oh uh that Marco. was like sh-
8: Yeah, that was Shakespeare, wasn't it? Yeah,
1: the Shakespeare one, yeah. yeah. With a lot of Harry Potter references. <laughs> um which I love. So, yeah, so they go to this like big haunted mansion where this uh I guess retired soldier and now scientist is with his uh medium, his empath, I guess, and they're trying to figure out what's going on with this ghost in this house and the doctor is happy to help. And yeah, I thought this did a really good like at least for the first half, it was really good at actually sort of being, like, a scary movie. I mean, it did a lot of good, like, kind of bumps and, like, you know, sudden, like, jump scares and all that kind of stuff. They they
8: walk through a dark hallway and you just see something along the ground kind of lurking. Yeah, through. which is awesome. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: They, they showed the shot of the um that scientist and the girl, like, looking out a window and, like, lightning flashes. And then you see the monster, like, sitting next to them also, yeah. like, out the window just for a split second. That stuff was really good. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it turns out the ghost is a, a, a fellow time traveler who's like stuck in this imploding universe that's only uh, you know, in like, a pocket universe, <laughs> yes, that's closing in on itself. Um, and so she only has so long to live and the doctor decides to go rescue her. And then, oh, lo and behold, it turns out the monsters that were chasing her, uh, and that are in the mansion are just weird looking aliens who are in love and just want to be together and make babies. Um, so more horrible looking too. babies. <laughs> yes. Yes. those They were pretty creepy, too. They didn't get a job of, like, making them kind of move like the girl in the ring moved. Like, kind of, like, very, like, sporadic and just sort of, like, shaky. They, yeah. They,
8: they moved pretty well. I, I think that's because of their body structure. Because when they actually showed it, it was it was very odd. Like, it only... The way that <laughs> know they know how did how the, the, the
9: filming, too. They filmed it... Uh, I I've, I've watched the behind-the-scenes thing for it. It was something about the way that they moved. They made them move backwards, like from the way that he normally would, and then mm. they, when they played it back, they played it in reverse.
1: Yeah, which is done a lot, like, in kind of B-horror
8: movies. And um, Twin Peaks. When, <laughs> and Twin Peaks, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> when, when you watched the behind the scenes, was it actually someone in a costume? Yeah, was it was, oh, okay. and he oh, just was cool. down
9: on all fours, and he would contort in a very strange way. Oh, oh
8: that's pretty I, awesome. I didn't know if it was kind of like a doll that they had. Just no, moving.
9: it's a guy in a full costume. It wasn't cool. like we're with the dinosaurs on a spaceship where it's half of a dinosaur for some scenes. It was The whole thing was a guy in a costume. Which I love that they're doing more practical effects. I feel like that's going to stand the test of time more.
1: Yeah, I think so. Because sometimes when they do all CG, things just do not look good. <laughs> oh, yeah. If you watch some of
9: those you know 2005 2006 you oh, feel God. embarrassed for them
1: <laughs> those are the worst those really Ooh, are
9: Oh, that's so bad <laughs> it looks like a windows 95 screensaver it's not good
1: <laughs> there are some really bad things in there um so yeah and then um i thought this episode for sure was when we we're going to get like some tidbit into um like into clara and like what her deal is a little bit um like with the empath and everything but we don't um she's just kind of like yeah she's just a normal girl like what do you mean She's a normal
8: go- girl who the TARDIS hates.
1: <laughs> yeah, which is great. I love that kind of building relationship between them. You get that a little bit in the second episode. She kind of says to the um, the one girl who ends up being the sacrifice, "No, I don't. I don't think it likes me." Um, and then you get more of that in this episode. Although she, the TARDIS does eventually let her in. So I wonder if.
9: Do you think there's a reason?
1: That the TARDIS doesn't like her, I feel yeah. like it. Yeah,
9: I feel uh, like it'll.
8: Here's the time to interject my uh, crackpot theory. Yes, I, oh, yes, 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 yes. This this isn't my theory. I read this online somewhere else, but it's pretty pretty plausible. Did you plausible. read it on Tumblr? It wasn't Tumblr. <laughs> it was uh, I, it was a review for the a- on AV Club. It was oh, one of their. Oh shit. <laughs> uh, they, they they said that Clara is another TARDIS. That's why she pops up all over time. She's another what? TARDIS whose chameleon circuits broken, and she's stuck in the Clara. Form. Oh, wow.
0: What?
1: That's a pretty wild, uh, and then there you go, and it's actually the Master's TARDIS.
8: Oh, uh, they can tell <laughs> <laughs> So it ties in both yes! of them. <laughs> they actually, um, their theory was it was, I don't, it was Classic Who, so I'm not, I'm not really up on Classic Who. It was some girl's TARDIS. The Ronnie? Yes, that's who it was, they said. She's a
9: rival Time Lord.
8: Yeah, her TARDIS, that's who they said it was and mm-hmm. I, I don't but really know they do But they don't, but they don't that, own so. the
9: rights to that character, so there's no way they could license it.
8: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: But see, that would be interesting, like, if that's how this season ended with a, a rival Time Lord, and then at the 50th anniversary, you have Matt Smith and David Tennant working together to bring down this
8: rival Time Lord. Bring down Clara. Yeah. <laughs> who is a TARDIS. That, <laughs> yeah.
9: Well, I heard the rumor is that, supposedly, she's something like, she's something like a fixed point in time, and that's why the TARDIS doesn't know how to, to deal with her or process her. Mm-hmm. Much like the way she didn't like uh, <coughs> Captain Jack Harkness.
1: Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. Something, Yeah, I mean, it's got to be something that. Or like a paradox or something that, yeah, it just isn't agreeing.
9: I just can't uh, decide what's a red herring and what's not.
1: Yeah, there's a lot to go off of. <laughs> um, and I'm excited for this next episode uh, because it's all going to be inside the TARDIS, which I think is interesting.
8: I hope it's more than just hallways, like they did in The Doctor's Wife, where that was just strictly when they were wandering around. It was just hallways.
9: Well, Stephen Moffat complained about an episode of Classic Who when he was a kid that showed uh, just corridors, and that that really infuriated him as a child. And so uh, the fellow that he had write this episode, you know, he said, let's not make it corridors. So it it better freaking not. I'll be furious.
0: Yeah.
1: I think it'll be rooms and stuff. I mean, I think they've hinted that this TARDIS has a lot of other things in it, um, so I think that's going to definitely be the uh, the case there. But I'm excited, and, you know, Clara getting separated, and, and now either this will develop some relationship between her and the TARDIS, or show a little bit of more, you know, maybe why they don't like each other. Have you, um,
9: s- have you seen any of the images for the episode?
1: I saw, I watched, like, the, you know, the little trailer that was at the end of the last episode, but I haven't looked at, like... Actual, like, official pictures from the episode, no? Is there something, something yeah, in there?
0: Yeah,
9: there's this great photo of uh, the Doctor looking at these white lights hanging from uh, the ceiling, and they have Galfrean written on them, and supposedly those are going to be future console rooms. There's, like, an area of the TARDIS where it has these little white lights, they almost look like eggs with Galfran and that's all future consoles.
1: Oh, weird, they, like, grow into the room? yeah. Oh, wow. That's pretty cool.
9: I love the thought of it being, like, part organic and part machine. That's so yeah. interesting to me.
1: Which makes sense, the way it's all like it restructures itself. And, I mean, obviously it has a mind of its own. Um,
9: but it's like this symbiotic relationship with the Doctor. It's so neat.
8: Yeah. What were you saying, Patrick? I, I was wondering, do you think they're going to explain in this episode why the TARDIS has changed its look in between the two uh, halves of this season? Maybe I mean that didn't come they into kind it.
9: of already because uh, the doctors changed so much?
1: Is that why? I would think did he, so. Did he say that? That like he changed it just because?
9: I think it's kind of inferred. You think I mean, so? Just because of what he went much. through
1: with with Amy and Rory, he just needed to change it, just to different scenery. Forget about them, maybe.
9: I don't necessarily think forget about them, but I, I mean, the way that I inferred it is that when that happened, he kind of changed his whole demeanor like he's gonna close himself off and you know the previous TARDIS was kind of warm and homey like a hobbit hole and this one's kind of cold (laughs) and uh like a doctor's office a little bit yeah that's true
8: I love this one so much more I (laughs) love it
1: I feel like it's gotten more inviting as the season's gone along but there definitely that that Christmas episode when he first walks into it it definitely looks just sterile and uh and yeah definitely just lonely um
8: I think I was telling you, Scott, I feel like the new TARDIS is built around a moving camera inside the
0: Yeah. Like yeah. inside
8: the console room itself. I feel like they can move the camera around a lot more than just having stationary shots.
9: I would agree with that, yeah.
8: Yeah, the old TARDIS, like it just felt like they could only do so many shots, like
1: from, from like a few select angles. But it does feel like a big like space now that they can do a lot of different
8: things in. Um I think it's because they have that, like, center area, and then just the space on the outside is just kind of empty. There's nothing there. Yeah. So you can kind of move the camera around it. Yeah.
9: Yeah, and they've done a lot of cool shots that they haven't done before now. Like, in that Christmas special, you know, that was the first time when Clara's opening the door, and you're going in, and you're following the whole whole way through. They hadn't done something like that before, and I think with this new layout, they're able to maneuver a lot more easily
8: yeah it's more straightforward where you like just open the door and it is a straight path right to the center console yeah it feels seamless yeah
1: yeah so I'm excited for this episode. Though I, I expect a lot of jokes about rooms he doesn't remember, or rooms he's never seen since it's been redesigned. And I
8: hope there is like people inside the TARDIS that he has locked up somewhere.
1: Well, it kind of the the little trailer made it look like that. Is that, they, is that it? It? Yeah, I think that's where getting that idea there. from. <laughs> yeah, it made it. Yeah, you're just stealing what they actually did. Um, <laughs> I couldn't remember why. Here's my <laughs> idea that I totally didn't see anywhere officially at the end of the last episode. I I, I
8: credited a b Club for the last one. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um. But yeah, yeah, it definitely looks like they stumble up upon something in the TARDIS. Like it, it looks like he has prisoners or something. Um, unless something's just like been stowed on the on the TARDIS that he didn't know about. But it looked like it was something he had put there.
9: How great is that part in the trailer where he's yelling at Clara, asking her what she is if she's a trap?
1: Oh yeah, that's gonna be good. Although, <laughs> but that that could easily misdirection. That could just be yeah. like. Like, she's like, is this a trap? And he's like, are you a trap? And then, then it's just like a throwaway quip, and then that's it. Yeah,
9: it's just misleading as the Mad Men trailers.
1: Yeah, exactly.
9: <laughs> God, I hate those.
1: Um, so, yeah, that, that's it for so far. Um, I don't know. Do you guys think we'll get anything about Clara before the finale? Or do you think it'll just all come out
8: at the, at the finale? Well, the
9: finale?
8: I think those last two episodes, like the end of the Cybermen episode, which mm-hmm. is the second to last, and yeah. then that last one.
9: I agree. Yeah, and Matt Smith said he knows now who she is. So we have to know at least by the end of it.
8: Yeah. Um cool. do you guys think they're actually going to reveal the doctor's name at the end of the season? Oh fuck no. They're no. not going to yeah. do that. No. <laughs> it's like some it's just going to be some Stephen Moffat trick.
1: Yeah, of course. Yeah.
9: Can I tell you something stupid that I read on the internet about the doc <laughs> doctor's name?
8: I would have Therefore.
1: it no other way.
9: <laughs> <laughs> uh I read on the internet that supposedly in the name of the Doctor, we're going to see the fields of Trenzalore, and that this is where the Doctor's grave is.
1: Yeah, mm. I've heard that, too. I've heard that this might be... Did you, did he, too? Yeah. I've heard that he would I've heard that he would die this episode, is what people are saying, too.
8: But he's um, not going to, because there's the 50th anniversary.
1: <laughs> oh, good point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah, I didn't even think and about that. And he
9: signed on for 2014.
8: It did he now.
1: Mm-hmm. Cool. Oh, so I didn't even hear that. Okay, so I, cool. The last
8: I had heard was rumored to, like, regenerate maybe at the end of the 50th anniversary. But, um,
1: yeah, but I had heard that, that maybe that episode would go hmm. there. Um, so that's exciting. We'll see what happens with that, and
8: maybe... I'm excited
9: some... that, uh, Alex Kingston is in it. I wonder what the oh, River yeah. Song tie-in is gonna be. Well,
8: yeah. I, I, I read somewhere that the previous title before they named it, uh, the name of the Doctor, it was gonna be called The Funeral of River Song. <laughs> yes! So... I read
9: that too! <laughs> yes! I was hesitant to say anything for fear of you guys being like, what?
1: She's just making this stuff up. Well, um. <laughs> yeah. But she we didn't know, I lose mean, more points, Scott. But we, yeah. yeah, exactly. Negative one. Um, but we know that would just be, like, misleading because we know where she dies. I mean, we've seen her die. Oh, yeah, anyway. The I first episode she that. appeared, she died, so. Yeah.
9: Well, how do we know that time isn't rewritten? How do we know Clara isn't River? <laughs>
1: <laughs> You're right. Maybe she regenerated.
9: <laughs> yep. You know, or maybe Clara's the doctor.
1: Yeah? Oh, man, that'd be great.
9: Mike Mike's theory is because he saw Clara as a child with a sweater that had two hearts on it that she's the 12th Doctor.
1: <laughs> I would love a, a female Doctor. I think that would be cool. I
9: would be totally okay with this actress playing the 12th Doctor. I'd be hesitant for an unknown, with anyone else? but I like this yeah. actress. She's very good. Yeah, I could see it. She's She's funny.
8: <laughs> I feel like they wouldn't do that, though, because of the backlash they may get.
9: Oh yeah, yeah. I
8: think they'd be very fearful of ruining. They have a huge female viewership
9: years. because of the eye candy. They're not gonna get rid of it.
8: <laughs> that's true. Yeah, and the diehards
1: just probably wouldn't be into it. And then it'd be something weird. where They just have her on for a season and then kill her, and it
8: would It end really up being community's Doctor Who. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like the American version. Yeah, yeah. yeah that, that's what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> so good.
9: I have a recurring joke that there's a parallel universe where. Doctor Who is an American owned property, but it's called Professor Whom. And I like <laughs> to make up who would play the American Doctor, and it's always just the worst choices. So That's
1: gosh. been rumored to like happen before, right? Like wasn't there even talk about like a Doctor Who movie, like recently? Uh like but being made like in America and, and with none of the British cast or anything.
9: There was a rumor about it that Disney was interested in it but Stephen Moffat pretty quickly squashed that and said, if there's ever a Doctor Who movie, it will be with our staff involved. Not, right. not some overseas staff. And right. he's always been adamant that the people that work on Doctor Who should be fans of Doctor Who, not people looking to make money off of it.
1: Absolutely. Well, that's good. We yeah. don't have to worry about that then. So,
9: what so do, you, do you guys yeah. like the season so far? Is it? The... I think
8: it's better than everything else I've seen so far.
9: I would oh. have to agree. I really enjoy it. The writing, wow. I, the writing and acting is pretty spot on. I feel like they figured out the right balance of comedy and getting afraid and, you know.
1: I, I don't know if I'm there yet because I just feel like... Overall, I feel like the episodes are strong, but there were just some really, really great episodes um, in in season six, mm-hmm. and just the whole mystery of like the doctor dying and the silence, and you know, and you've got like a good man goes to war and all these things. <laughs> there were just some really incredible episodes. Uh, I, I think in they six. were
8: great episodes. Like there was those few episodes in season six that were great, but these four so far with Clara have mm-hmm. all been so strong. I, I can agree. only expect that it's going to continue that same pattern, yeah. and I can't see it doing any wrong at this point.
9: Yeah, and we still haven't seen the Neil Gaiman episode, I mean
8: Yeah, yeah and that's gonna be good, yeah, that's the Cybermen one, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah and I have a good.
9: feeling the things that we liked from the 6th episode, or from Series 6, like the Silence, I bet you it's all gonna tie into the stuff with the Great Intelligence.
1: You would think the, so, They yeah, would I all
9: mean... have to seem they all seem to have a lot in common with their prerogatives against the Doctor. Like the silence and the question that'll be asked and the great intelligence is trying to pull information. It could all tie up pretty nicely if they wanted it to.
1: Yeah, I agree. Well, that will do it for now. Um, I guess we'll be back in four weeks after we see the series finale and we're all freaking out. So and excited. Clara's the master <laughs> or a ghost or a TARDIS or the next doctor.
9: <laughs> I really like the theory of her being a TARDIS. That's a lot of fun.
1: <laughs> I think so, too. Yeah, I think that is fun, actually. That'd be great.
9: Oh, I would love it.
1: So yeah, well thank you, Patrick and Amanda for being yeah. here. Thank you. Um, you out there, if you have any crackpot Doctor Who theories, feel free to post them in the talk thread. And um yeah, we'll talk in a few weeks' time. See
0: ya. Alright bye.